Hello, welcome to PlayStation Unchained, episode 148, the final podcast of the year. Because, yeah, Sundays are holiday days for the next two weeks, so. And, to be honest, all the games have come out at this point that matter, so it's quite likely that you can imagine what we're going to do today, which is, of course, the end of year review, where we basically go, I like that game, I like that game, and I like that game, but not that game. And then I raged at people like Overwatch. Yes, and, you know, that's going to happen. We're going to probably have a few. Well, funnily enough, with the four of us that are here, I don't think we're really going to... I don't think anyone here really liked Overwatch that much or have played it. So if Tim had been on, it would have, <laughs> we would have had that demographic. So if you came for Overwatch to be in the whole end-of-year game stuff, sorry, it ain't happening. Yeah. There is no table flipping this week. There is no table flipping. <laughs> Even um, though I have a table designed ready for that flipping, if need be. You've got a perfectly flippable table. Just right next to me. It's right here. Um, I could do that, but the table is like a baby's table, and it's attached to a chair, <laughs> so the chair's very heavy, to be honest. Yes, in case you haven't guessed, that is the buccaneering Ben Shilliver Hall back again. Uh, I'm always here. You're always here. You are the furniture. You are like the mold people from Resident Evil 7. You are in the walls, coming out. Just for the podcast, and then I scope back in again. Scope back in and make people tut at their rising damp. Yeah, yeah. sounds about me. (laughs) How are you doing anyway, Ben? Not too bad, and how are you doing? Ah, yeah, yeah, I survive. It's... uh, fun at this time of year. I thought being December there'd be nothing to do in terms of uh, PSU stuff but yeah I seem to have quite a handful of games going yeah, on. Yeah I've got at least one review to finish and Stardew Valley's still in my life so. Oh Stardew Valley. I'm sure we'll talk about Stardew Valley now in a minute because even though it came out last week it's going to be in the conversation this week. Yeah. By God it's good. Um, who else is here I suppose is what we should check. Um, Me! Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know who that. that don't know who that is. Well, I, I'll say we'll ignore that voice for a minute. And build to it in some sort of suspenseful thing, and go to the, another returnee. Um, the grandstanding Gary Bagdasarov is back after a short hiatus. How are you, Gary? I am pretty good. How about you guys? Fantasmic. Which is fantastic. Is that like it's fantastic and orgasmic at the same time? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Sony remembers why he didn't. He's not been around on the podcast last week. (laughs) Uh, Scary stuff. It is scary. Yeah, that's it. Well, we aim to provide something. You know, if we don't provoke some kind of emotion, we're not doing it right, I suppose. But I'm not sure if scary is the way we should be going with. Good. Are you ready for dishing out on the games you've loved this year? I am, and I promise I will keep disagreements to a minimum this week. No, I'm I'm expecting it. <laughs> we, we will celebrate. We will not disagree unless it's Overwatch, which, as we said, isn't going to come up, so it's fine. Unless I just throw it in on purpose, just yeah. Listen. You see now, now, now. <laughs> <laughs> You make it sound like I instigate these things, Gary, but come on. You do. You brought it up. That's the instigator. <laughs> you took the bait, damn it. You took the bait. Right. And 
Yes, you may have heard that voice, that deep, sultry voice just sneaking <laughs> around in the background. He is the king of iron. He is the marauding Michael Harridance. He is back. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? <laughs> thank you for that intro. That was great. I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm back. Um, long, long, long overdue. I've been trying to get back since uh, June, I think. <laughs> um, obviously done very well. but Nearly um, two seasons removed. He'll be yeah, back next uh, week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no one else will. But he will. yeah, I'll be here talking <laughs> to, um, while you're while you're eating turkey. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I need to make more of an effort to be back in back in the game, and it just seemed right. This is the last one of the year, so I had to be in it. And um, yeah, I will be definitely. I know I said it before, but I will definitely be more frequent on the podcast in the new year as well. I'm hopefully, jumping into the hosting seat as well, if uh, you guys will let me. <laughs> yeah, that is until January twenty fourth. Then we won't see Mike for another three months. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil 7 for three months. Yeah. Well, well not just seven. You go back and play all the previous ones after you beat seven. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, exactly. Let's go play one to six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I've played seven for ages. Let's play that now. Yeah. <laughs> the cycle begins anew. Yeah, that's the way to keep it fresh. That's what I do. I always cycle Resident Evil. <laughs> you know what? It's actually the first year, bar the demo that I haven't played really, and Umbrella Core. Um, that's year I haven't really played a core resi to completion, which is like because I think I got resi four and I did most of it, but I didn't do like the last mm. hour or so. All right, like, which is sad. But yeah. don't you? Um, was it you who said that you usually go for Resident Evil two once a year at least? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It is, and I didn't get to it this year. Like, like, Oct- <laughs> well, yeah, October threw up a few games. <laughs> to- yeah, well, you've been reviewing. You've been reviewing your ass off, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it seems that yeah. Way, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's good to be back here, guys. So yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Yes. So before we start, Go I have a question, which I think will is, is a good question for everybody to know. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's kind of off the point, but do you guys know if you can buy a game on PSN as a gift for somebody else? No, you can't. At least not that I know of. No. Okay. Yeah. You can buy credit. Uh, yeah, you could buy them credit, or you could buy them if it's in the same region. I guess you could buy in GameStop because yeah. they have like if it's like game, they have like gift codes. Which if they enter the code, it gives them the game. Is it any game, or does it have to be a retail and a downloadable game? What if it's just a downloadable game? A lot of the downloadable games are on. I do, I don't know what your game. Yeah, game does it with a lot of most of the downloadable games. Okay. So I don't know if it's the same in America or not. Cause, yeah. yeah, some some uh, offshoot stores do like download cards as well if you yeah. can find. But it's yeah, it's rare here. But I'll, I'll, my game has loads of. In fact, that's oh, most game, of the store well, game does, but you know, game have to. Yeah, that's the okay. most of their store. I just wanted to know. I know a lot of people also ask online, so if they listen to this, they'll yeah. know. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, if, if you hear this this week, and shoot us a message if you have the definitive answer on that one, because. If there's anything we know, it's that people like to correct people. You can internet. make a wish list, though, for games you want. Yeah, you can. Um, I want... <laughs> <laughs> Worry it. No, I mean, there is actually a wish list feature on PS4. Yeah, yeah, there is, isn't there now? It's, uh... Yeah, but all it does is send you an email that your game is on sale. It doesn't really do Yeah, it. Steam does uh, the same, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, uh... yeah. I mean, I never used it, so I don't know what I did. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, cool. Continue. I kind of want to pitch about <laughs> Fantasy fourteen quickly, but go on then. We'll have this as our little warm up. A little, right, just not? a small little complaint. Um, 
mainly because I'll be doing it on my main podcast, Moogle Go Round, a little plug in there. Um, but they've announced that they might, well, they pretty much in, announced that they're including the jumping potions to the game. So for spending real money, you'll be able to skip to level 60 and skip all of the story of the main game and the expansion so that you can play the new expansion when it comes out. That that, that that Considering most of the game is the story, that's kind of stupid and annoying and it pisses me off a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit... I mean, you won't be the new level cap, should we say. You'll be the... Basically, it went from... Level 50 to level 60, and then this expansion is raising it from 60 to 70. You'll be able to spend real money to bump up to level 60 without actually playing, and you'll be getting a full set of armor and 300,000 300, gil. Is this only for new players? No, for every player. Oh, so I can do it and just jump straight up to level 60 on a different class that I want to play? Yeah. You have to spend real money, though. How much real money? Uh, $24. Oh my god, that's like buying three games online. Yeah. And each <laughs> expansion jump costs $24, so you're looking at about 70, 50 to $74, depending on how they do it. Sad. It's just, oh, no. No. There's a, just increase how much XP you get from quests, that's all they have to do. Yeah, I know there was a lot of filler quests in 2.0, but just, just do them. <laughs> anyway that's my little rant that's fair it's a nice little final mention of Final Fantasy 14 for the year yeah <laughs> but not the last <laughs> I'm sure probably not the last Final Fantasy mention of no. yet. <laughs> but yeah I had to I had to say something because it, it was kind of it, I, 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 I can see why it helps some people but at the same time mm. eh. yeah yeah you, you get to a point with those things and developers do just suddenly think well maybe it's time we do that it's like it's, it's another money making scheme so. well it's, it's like it, the main story is about 40 hours and the expansion is about 30 hours so yeah. if you do want to catch up with your friends and play straight away with a new expansion that does make sense hmm. but at the same time it's kind of like well it's going to make the people that do want to play it have le- have less people playing it so they'll, they'll, it'll take even longer for them to do yeah, yeah, I know. I've I've been in that situation myself with online games, and yeah, it is a pain in the ass when things like that happen. But you get, well, if you arrive late for things and you want to join in, as, or or vice versa, it's just annoying. Because right you now know. it's not too bad because um, you've got something called like uh, your roulettes, which give you tombstones, which is the end game currency, and you've got uh, low level roulettes, which will give you the end game roulette, end game items if you're lo- the max level, but put you into low level dungeons. So you might be, you'll be, you've got a higher chance to put put in with new players to help them with the low level dungeons, but then you get reward at the end. Cool. But with this, it means less incentive because there'll be less people doing it. Still, I suppose in some ways it's like it's giving people the option. So it swings around about on that one. Anyway, I suppose we should uh, crack on with the older. Uh, list of games now obviously we'll point this out that nothing about this is definitive it's all personal choices and you have every right to disagree with it because you know we don't like overwatch so if you like overwatch that's fine it's like we don't (laughs) so it's not here for that reason because we've not played it or we don't care about it it's like 
and I'm sure there's like a billion other places you can hear and watch and play Overwatch. That being said, let's talk about some other games. And we'll start with the uh, long-standing returnee, um, Michael Harridance. Yes. Your first uh, selection for your favorite games of 2016. Oh. Well, it'd probably be quite predictable, but... Uncharted 4. <laughs> well, I was... See, oh, my God! <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, I know. Who's, yeah, everyone's so blown away by that, I know. But uh, do, do you want me to sort of um, talk, oh, yeah. we'll, chat we'll, about it? Or? Yeah, we'll all talk about it because I've right. played it. Yeah. So, so it, it was good to get this one out the gate early, I felt. Yeah, I think so because it probably might be one of the longest. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this game, I've been... I was looking forward to this game pretty much since it was announced. So, you know, I was, you know, had a lot of high hopes for it and it did pretty much deliver for me. I was really, really impressed with the game. Um, the visuals, you know, they were easy, probably one of the best looking games I've ever seen, actually. Def- I mean, what Naughty Dog did on the PS4, I thought that was great. They really, I mean, both those guys are always known for like squeezing that kind of extra bit of visual flair out of whatever hardware they're working on. And it definitely... I mean, some of especially some of those cutscenes and the sort of the vistas in the game, they look amazing. So they did a great job with that. But obviously, graphics don't make a game. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it is it, it played just how you'd expect an Uncharted game to play. But there were more, there were there were more sort of incremental improvements this time around. I like the fact that he could have the, he sort of took a leaf out of um, Tomb Raider's. Uh, book and you use the um sort of that pickaxe thing on the wall and stuff and you had the, yeah. the ro- obviously the rope and stuff which was pretty cool i mean that had that um there were some pretty cool black f- platforming sequences um rather than just obviously running jumping and climbing and stuff the fact you could use that rope to swing across and some of the jumping some of those sequences required quite a, um quite a bit of time some good timing on the player's part which kind of like up the ante a bit so that was good so i thought the overall the traversal the t- kind of a platforming traversal Oh, was made, yeah, was made a lot, a lot better this time. And I mean, it was, um, it was. I think it's probably the, um, uh, I'd say it was the longest Uncharted game. Would you say that? I mean, I would say that. Felt, yeah, it felt, me, yeah. In the same way, the Last of Us felt quite long for a mm. game of itself. Yeah, but I felt unlike. Well, this is just a personal opinion, obviously. But unlike Uncharted Three, it didn't feel like it was padded out too much. I liked the. It, it felt. I thought the area, I thought all the areas that are in the game and all the part, things that happened, they actually they felt like they had a good place. Whereas Uncharted Three, I felt that they could have cut some stuff. And also, it felt like in that game, it felt like the set piece. They kind of like designed the set pieces first, and they made a story around it. But this one, this this one was pretty much story first, and they obviously, if, you know, they, they cut down some of the more bombastic set pieces because they still had those kind of quintessential uncharted moments in there but it didn't feel as forced maybe as free did i, mean, I don't have a problem with free i like it i just felt they, they kind it of was, just it was a choppy changing game it yeah had it's at pieces but they didn't have a decent connection I yeah exactly yeah so um, i thought this was overall more cohesive shall we say but um yeah and and, and more natural as well and the, the um the diet obviously you can't i can't not mention stat um, I thought, you know, I, 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 some people um, didn't seem to like him that much, and um, but I like Sam. I thought they had a good dynamic. Um, Nate and um, Sam, or Troy, should I say, um, Nolan North and Troy Baker, they had a really cool um, uh, sort of partner brother dynamic going on, which is, which, which I felt lent itself to oh, the narrative really good. Some of the banter between them was really good. Well, yeah, it was. Really it well was written. good. Yeah, and natural as well. Um, I think. Um, 
Yeah, I think Nadine, um, which is where she's in the new one, I think Nadine wasn't fleshed out enough for me. She didn't really just seem to like scowl and look angry, and that's really pretty much all she did, which is a shame. I think they could have done a bit more with her. And her story didn't really end satisfyingly for me. She sort of just went off. But she's in. The, she's obviously in this new stuff, so hopefully that would be good. It's, oh, yeah. just, it's supposed to continue her story. So. Yeah, so that would be good. Um, I lo- um, I'm just trying um, – I liked um, – I liked um, – I think her Sully and Elena's parts were really, really good. I thought Elena was great in this one. I mean, they showed a lot more. It was a far more. It had a lot more emotional weight. I think for everyone in the story. I mean, even Nate and Sully had a little bit of a ruckus. Not fight, but you know, sort of a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, he was like, "Do what you do best, Sully." You know, just go away or whatever he said. You know, um, you know, there was a bit of tension there, which was good, rather than just being all pally and bantery. So there was a lot more emotional weight, and the fact that the um. God, it's just going. It's because I haven't played it in about six months. Actually, it's remembering all this stuff again. It's like the areas, obviously, were so much more open. I mean, they were, you know, pseudo open world in some parts. You know, or, um, two in particular: the part with the boat, and um, when you're out in the um, sort of the islands and stuff, and the, uh, of course, with the uh, jeep in the. Oh, I can't remember. What, what oh, the African it? plains. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was great. That was, especially the part in the boat was brilliant. I loved exploring. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why. It just, it kind of reminded me of Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, just going between islands. I don't know. It's just probably a stupid thing to say. It just, I, I just totally I felt got the same way. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. good. That's all right. Yeah. I think it's so also, that, it, it just fed into that whole explorer thing. You know? Yeah, like exactly. Having more open environments where you could sort of, yeah look around and dig around in nooks and crannies made it feel more like you were Drake the Explorer and the exactly. slash adventurer rather than just Drake the Adventurer. Yes. Or oh, you kills people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah I love no, yeah, I, I agree with that. The um the explorer tournaments are great and I like how this time they actually they really uh fleshed out the collectibles. Like you had the diary you didn't just have treasures, you had the diary entries and all of those kind of things, which are really good. So it's like I think that's probably out of the I've always said that Golden Abyss did a really good job with the collectibles and stuff, much better than the other the previous three games. And I think four definitely stepped up to the mark with this because it felt it tied into the narrative as well. Like you obviously found diaries of the pre- these previous pirates and all that kind of stuff, which was really good. So I had a massive um, hoop going around looking um, looking at those and sort of soaking all those extra details in. I thought that was great. That, that was one of my favorite parts of that game, just exploring and collecting all that stuff and just taking all be just taking it all in you know not feeling so restricted and everything but had to go off the beaten path as it were you know so um but yeah and i actually um i played the multiplayer for quite a bit and surprisingly enjoyed that that was my first uncharted multiplayer i mean i've said so many other things to go on but i haven't really you know i can never be a dedicated multiplayer guy really well unless it's war thunder <laughs> but, um because there's just so much else to do i mean there's people i think you just stick to a game and just play that as their multiplayer thing constantly which i guess is what i've done for destiny to be fair but even though that's that's taken a bit of a backseat but i enjoyed what i played i was surprisingly not bad at it um i like the um i you know i thought they were well designed the the kind of battlegrounds were and the uh uh, what are they called the mystics i think you know obviously like the um using el dorado and the um the dagger from two and all that kind of stuff that was really cool i understand those weren't in the previous ones so that yeah, was they really went sort of all out a bit silly yeah on purpose i think just to distance itself from the main game yeah so, hey look this is a fun aside that does new things it's like yeah i i, I like that as well it's 
yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, it was it was good fun. It's a shame that I, I'm, sometimes my connection dropped and I kept getting kicked out. That was the only thing, which is weird. But yeah, that was I really enjoyed that. I went back to it quite a few times. I probably have to dive in again at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean the main campaign. I mean, there's um, you know the optional dialogue things. Obviously, they weren't. Um, they were never going to be Mass Effect style stuff. They said that, but they were surprised. You know, there was only I think, a handful in the game. But they were when they came up, they were nice. You know, I thought yeah. I thought. It was nice to be able to say, "Oh, what did you, you know? What do you discover, Drake? Oh, I found like Emerald of the Pillars or El Dorado, rather than just him talking, you know, about one particular thing." So I thought they were nicely done. Yeah, I think they came at the right moment. Yeah, the story. You know, to yeah, have an effect. It was never for any sort of branching choice system. It was literally never, just yeah. to sort of involve you more emotionally in certain scenes. And like, like you said, with the one you just said, with the he's recalling his greatest adventures to Sam. Yeah, and it's like. That's the game saying, "Hey, what, what Uncharted did you like? Basically, what was your favorite adventure? You know, yeah, so, exactly, and that's, yeah. So you are telling him your your personal favorite story. And it's like very f- simple way of doing it, but a very interesting, good idea. I think for sort of involving the player through dialogue choices without it having to be about morality, you know, which is not, yeah, it is good to see that." Yeah, no, it was good, and um, I love the. Um, there were so many other um, cool little bits and pieces that were just. It wasn't anything about platforming and um, uh, shooting. It was just. It was just dialogue, like to, especially well, you obviously at the beginning parts when you're diving, you come out, speak to the guys on the boat, then you go home and chat to Elena and play Crash Bandicoot. You know, all those things were just great, great for character. Um, you know, getting getting to know Drake again, finding more out about more more about him, and just like you know, caring about them. You know, and stuff. I thought it really, yeah. Human, it really humanizing good. him more. Yes, yeah, that's what I was trying to go for. Humanizing him, yeah, exactly. And you know, it was just really good to, um, you know, see the um, just see home life of Drake and Elena and stuff. See that side to them and everything. I thought I really enjoyed that. And um, obviously, I'm not going to say. I mean, people there are probably people still haven't played it yet. So I thought the end part was really good. And what happened at the end of the game, again without spoiling, I thought it was a a natural kind of conclusion to his kind of story. And I thought it was done well. I know people thought it would have gone, it would have go, it would go the exact opposite way than it did. I'm sure you guys know what I mean by that, but you know, but I thought they did it very well. And, um, yeah, I, I I was actually over. I mean, I can't really say more, more than that. In my opinion, it's been so long that if they haven't beaten the game yet, they're not going to be it. Yeah, I suppose I just, Wanna... Yeah, I mean, it, it, there will be other games on this uh, cast, I imagine, where we have to kind of talk some story stuff. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, nothing new and newer, but... Um... Yeah, oh, what the hell? Drake doesn't die at the end. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you spoiled yeah. it for me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drake doesn't die, but the way they end this story was really well done, I thought. And yeah, I mean, um, I'll probably, I could probably talk forever. It's like I said, I haven't played it for a few months, so I'm trying to remember. But that's, you know... I think I said everything I need to say right now. It's really a great game, just so well done and stuff. I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of disappointed that's the end of Drake because I, I would, I would quite easily love to see another full-on Uncharted like that. I thought they did such. Well, a you know, job. Naughty Dog may say you know, that something's over and they won't use those characters again, but you know, they still got mate Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, wait, there's, there's still. I can't see Uncharted going away because it's too much of a, a, a big seller for Sony. I don't know. They, they said that about Crash Bandicoot. They said that about Jack. So, you know. Jack went away after one game, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like the later Jacks because I'm weird. 
Well, I, I liked them at the time, but I think it's a case of, in retrospect, it's like you've just done what every company did at that time, which is like, oh, Grand Theft Auto is selling well. Let's make our game Grand Theft Auto. And it's like, no, for me, anyway. I like platformers as they are. But anyway, back on track with that one. Yeah. Um, Jack Too Furious. <laughs> Jack Too Furious. <laughs> I think, yeah, they will do more Uncharted stuff. And I think the uh, DLC is probably, I say DLC, it's pretty much a standalone, isn't it? So, yeah, it it will sort of test the waters for having adventures with different people. And maybe that's the way to go forward on it. But uh, yeah, we're not going to see anything for a while, obviously, from them. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's weird, actually, I was saying, watching um, Mission Impossible, the latest one, Rogue Nation, the other day, uh-huh. I was thinking to myself, if they could do a combo two developers, you know, sort of combining to make a Mission Impossible game, Naughty Dog for the action stuff, yeah, and IO Interactive would do Hitman for all the stealthy, you know, SBNR stuff. Just, ah, just, I could see it in the way the film was made. But I want Kojima to do the story. <laughs> so everyone's a double crosser yeah that is pretty mission impossible to yeah yeah anyway so yeah they'll do more and stuff in future maybe not naughty dog themselves they'll they might sort of lease the franchise out if you will but uh yeah i just to throw my bit in on uncharted 4 i i personally think it's the best in the series though it's probably not in my top games of the year because you know time distance etc etc but uh I just think it's the better game. It may not be the most impactful of the series in terms of, you know, what it did. But Yeah, that was number two probably, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, two probably steals it in that regard. But uh, yeah. it's just got that something about it. I think, as I said, the writing's really good. The acting's... It's probably good. one of my best games of the year, but it's not my best on Uncharted. I still think number two is better. I don't know. I, only because I went back to Uncharted 2 earlier this year, and it's like, nah. After you know, after playing four, and it's just like ah, it's not. It's it's fun, but it's just the impact is lessened now. Obviously, but um, no, I think my favorite that, that whole game I think was that whole Morocco section that you know, got shown off in the demo at E3. But seeing the whole of it, you know, from start to finish, how it all starts, you know, with the clock tower stuff, and then the whole chase, the chase sequence in the Morocco with the the bike, and that is just. Wow, that's like one of the best action sequences. Oh, that was superb! Yeah, and what about those mud effects? eh? Yeah, just like (laughs) at the end of it, it was just like you feel like standing up and applauding something like that. It was just brilliant. Yeah, like and all the later stuff with the the secret pirate island stuff. It was just really fascinating to see. And I'll tell you what you were saying about visuals. Yeah, if you go back to the Last of Us remastered version after playing Uncharted Four, and it's like the difference is staggering. It's like that I mean, it, it, Uncharted Four is looks so much better than even that. You know, it's like games that are barely a couple of years apart. It's it does show you how well Naughty Dog do. I haven't actually done that. You know, I actually I want I would like to go back to the Last of Us remastered, and um, I want to play it anyway again. But yes. just yeah, to come see um, you know what you you just said because I thought you know obviously the Last of Us was a, a, a amazing looking game, but um, if it's um, I actually I thought it would have stand up pretty well to um. It stands, oh, it stands well yeah. in general gaming terms. All right, like compared to Uncharted, it's like well, no, this is like yeah. no, not even close. It's it's mad. There you go. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my bit on it. Um, ben, did you have anything else to say? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I, I, all I know is I'm going to finally try and beat Last of Us before I get Last of well, Us. Well, the next one's out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. 
And Gary, anything you want to add on Uncharted? I pretty much agree with everything you guys said, except for the fact that I, I felt like a lot of the biggest and best moments in Uncharted 4 were spoiled by trailers and gameplay demonstrations, like the chase sequence and Madagascar. I think those were some pretty big moments uh, for the game, and I think uh, they were kind of spoiled in the E3 demos. Yeah, I, I, yeah I think the impact mm. was definitely dulled a bit. Yeah. I, because I, even then, I would say there was, there was a whole chase in Morocco that was actually really good anyway, despite showing a lot of it in the demos uh, on E3. But yeah, yeah. To, to have gone in blind would have been nice in a way, you know, not seeing any of it, it would have been amazing. Yeah, it would have, I think people might have even been possibly even more positive about that game had they not seen any of that going into the game. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Sorry, yeah, anything else? Um, no, uh, outside of the fact that I, I think I'm the only one who was a little disappointed that there wasn't any supernatural pirate zone. I was. To kill. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, usually <laughs> the, for me, usually the weakest part of any Uncharted is where it's like, oh, look at all this great character development, and now it's spookies, and it's like, eh, it's all right, but it's like, I think... Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, every Uncharted has something supernatural, and then this one doesn't. You're pretty much expecting some cool supernatural thing it, to happen. Well, yeah, I think they sort of tease it as well, make a joke about it with the whole end stuff, and they make you think, like, you're going to find some pirate ghosts or some shit. It's like, and then it's yeah. like... Nah. I was hoping for so some sort of Pirates of the Caribbean skeleton sort of. Um, I, yeah. I, they were already skirting a bit too close to Pirates of the Caribbean at that point, where it's like nah. I want a full blown like <laughs> Easter egg of Pirates of the Caribbean just to happen, you know? Like, have you know? I, I'd say the last few levels of that game are pretty much the Easter egg. <laughs> I mean, like have like a dead corpse that looks a bit like you know, Captain oh, yeah. Jack. It might be. Yeah, that, um, just well, if, it that. if it makes you feel any better, Gary, in the new um, multiplayer DLC, you fight him. Avery, his um, sort of skeleton zombie pirate ghost. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I forgot to add about that. Yeah, there's no um, supernatural elements in that game. I was, I, I've always, in, I don't know why I kind of secretly enjoy that kind of stuff because I always liked it in Tomb Raider when they sort of went that direction in a way. And it's, I don't know, I thought they would, but I suppose that's the whole thing that it was more grounded because it was a different development team, wasn't it? Obviously, Amy Hennig had left by that point and it was a new director and everything. So I think. I think they were just trying to make it a bit more grounded. I think um, also coming off the back of the last verse, it's like doing monster stuff would have just seemed a bit. Yes. Silly. Yeah. But I have to admit, yeah, secretly that would have been my guilty pleasure having some sort of pirate ghost or something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there we go. Cool. Okay. Um, Gary, what about you? What's your, what's your first fond pick of the year? Uh, it's probably going to have to be, uh, it's not my, Game of the year, but no, no. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders. Ah, Dragon Quest Builders. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was a very nice surprise this year. Yeah, um, definitely. I was kind of disappointed that it came out on such a busy holiday season. Um, so it may have been overlooked, but apparently it did pretty well in sales. So hopefully there'll be a sequel for it. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty much kind of like Minecraft set in the Dragon Quest world. Yeah. But direction, <laughs> you're not just thrown in and said, oh, hey, go do whatever the hell you want and learn for yourself. It it helps you learn how to build things. Yeah. Um, slowly but surely, you start from, you know, crappy houses made of mud and 
dirt and you move on and build some cool stuff with stones and and uh, like all the way up to castles if you want to build those. Um, yeah, very fun game. Um, yeah, it's got this charm. The characters are all adorable. Look, it's very funny. Yeah, um, I mean, again, when we talk about writing, there's no you know dialogue, dialogue per se so much, but the writing is brilliant in that game. Just and they translated it well, I think as well. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, translation is well done. Yeah, it's it's just a fun game to play. Um, it's a long, long game. It can be difficult. Um, my only knock, which I said it in my review, was that you kind of lose everything you built uh, when you go to the next next part of the chapter because the game is set up in chapters. Um, you yeah. kind of lose everything you built, and it's kind of saying I have to start from scratch again. But then you do unlock the uh, the, the 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 big world where you can just go in and build whatever the hell you want. Uh, with the stuff you already learned how to build, like beds and certain type of materials that you can use. Um, yeah, you but can. yeah, it's fun. The boss battles are fun in that game where you have to, they're very strategic. I enjoyed those. Yeah. Uh, combat, combat itself could have been a lot better, especially with the hit detection I felt in the game, but it never really it was, pissed me yeah. off to the point where I wanted to stop playing. It was a minor or, annoyance, I would say, at best. Yeah. But it's a good game. If you like games like, like Minecraft, I think Dragon Quest Builders is is a must buy for those players. Yeah, I think sure. that's that, that is the way of, I think where developers have tried to copy the Minecraft formula. A lot of them have forgotten to sort of evolve it, and I think games like Dragon Quest Builders do the right thing by making it more RPG focused and having things to do, having set goals. You know, it's like Minecraft's great, and it's got its whole freedom of creativity thing. Fine, brilliant. But that's what Minecraft does. It's like you can have a bit of that, I think, in a game, and rather than try and copy outright, and then do something else. And I think that's what makes Dragon Quest Builder so fun. Plus, it has you know Dragon Quest stuff in, which is great anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think it would have been nice to have some sort of multiplayer, mm, like a yeah. co-op with another person. It doesn't; it's single player only. But um, it just doesn't distract it distracted from me because I don't have to worry about some random asshole coming in and destroying everything I work for. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean you say that I like with Minecraft for instance, you know, for the hundreds of hours I've played that I've I've never played online ever with other people. So it's like it it shows you can do it. It it can work on it your own. It's just the way of doing it. And I said with this especially you've got that more single player focus anyway. So it makes sense. As you said, very long game for what it is as well. So it's a very long game, yeah. But it's it's a fun game, and I do recommend it if you like those types of games. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely second that. It's a, definitely a surprise, I, I, even as someone who likes Dragon Quest. So I didn't didn't know what to think of a sort of hybrid game of this sort. But yeah, it really does work well. So I think my only nickel is probably that the cameras in close quarters. Even though you can reset it, it's just like a bit iffy here and there. And like you said, the combat is a bit snuffly here and there. But oh, yeah, again, minor, you know, a lot of games like that this year where they have minor faults like that that you can forgive because there's other great stuff about the game that makes you get Which, when you think back to games that were you know, beloved in the past, they suffer from the same problems. They always have some mechanical flaws and you didn't care. You because the, something about the game was so good 
and so heartwarming and lovely. And I think, yeah, Dragon Quest Builders definitely captures that. Um, ben, you've played Dragon Quest Builders. No, I haven't played it. I only played the demo. <gasps> Shocking. Terrible. It's like... <laughs> I do want to buy it, though, eventually, but you know, I had too many other games to buy. I feel you. I feel you on that one. But yeah, it's that's a good one. Anyway, while we're on you, um, All right. while we're on you, you you can pick a game. Well, if you're on me, I don't know why you've jumped on me, but I'll I'll, I'll pick a game uh, instead. The soft warm up. <laughs> <then. laughs> uh, I want to go with Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two. Oh, controversy! <laughs> uh, it, it it's not the greatest game, but because. Too much of the content is from the previous game. But the amount of support they've shown already kind of bumps it up a little bit more for me. With the free DLC that they added last week and the free DLC coming up this week with the paid DLC. I mean, to be honest, the amount of free DLC you're going to get this week is actually almost as much as the paid DLC. Um, Yeah, that's what you want to see in post-release. So, and announced for even more... Well, they've announced the second pack of DLC that's yeah going to come out in the future with characters that people have been asking for like super saiyan blue for geo uh nice. so it i i just had its flaws but it's, they've definitely like uh one of the other flaw was the expert you had to go to each individual expert mission and then search online if you want to play online well right. you could play offline but the ai was so bad sometimes that it's, yeah. it's, ben, you're not really selling it to me here, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to sell it because if you're not a Dragon Ball fan, you're not going to like it. If you're a so Dragon Ball going fan, going back what you were saying just now, it's like there are games like this where yeah, it, there are flaws. Oh yeah, but the story, the, the the gameplay, you, you definitely feel like you're a Dragon Ball show, especially once you learn stuff like this, uh, this the the uh, flash steps where you you can teleport around without using stamina and. So, you know, learning all, you can make your own custom character from all the different races and learning all the moves from all the different, you know, masters that, you know, that, you know, from the show. You feel like, especially as it goes through the gameplay, but with a little bit of a twist, you do feel like you're part of the game. But yeah, I, I can't deny it does have flaws if you're not a fan of the show. Um, but well, if you are. In fairness, I think. Yeah. Why are you playing it? Yeah, why are you playing it if you're not a fan? But yeah. It, with the support they've gone and what that's already in the game, I'm I'm really happy with my purchase. Your pick, I suppose. There you go. You said it's all about our picks. So yeah, that's definitely. So yeah, good. and yeah, can't wait till till next week with the DLC. Yay! Grand. I suppose it falls on me to to add one to the pile. And as a person who still can't decide if he's got a game of the year, because um, <laughs> there are three games that have pretty much been in rotation, and then. Stardew Bloody Valley had to go and throw its hat in the ring as well. Um, but I'll pick one of them. Um, Titanfall 2 is my first pick and probably the most surprising pick for me of the entire year. So, I am you know, enjoying it also. Good. Uh, I, will, I will offer opinion on you in a second, I think. It's, uh, it, it's nice to be able to talk to people <laughs> about it in a way. Um yeah, as much as like obviously games like XCOM two I love and and expected and Hitman again franchise I love Pez etc. This is something where I didn't give two shits about the franchise. I played Titanfall on PC and it was just I I bored is the best way of putting it. It just didn't do it for me. And this happened to fall in my lap 
as perchance and by god it is one of the best shooters i've played in years it's single player alone this is which you know for campaign shooters is hard and we've had a good year for it this year i'm sure gary will probably mention a game at some point that's uh, also very good in single player shootery it's uh i will I'd imagine you, you've got you've got a first person shooter that you, you'd be fairly fond of from this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I see. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, I knew. But, um, anyway, yeah, Titanfall two adds a story, which of course was the main thing missing from the first one, and you can tell that it's people who used to work on the good Call of Duty stuff, and uh, but it also has a very Valve esque vibe to it. And, what they do with the story and the story itself we'll put it this way it isn't particularly inspiring isn't clever it's very run-of-the-mill action hero story but and uh, and i say this now you have played 10 minutes of the game you will have spotted the ending coming a mile away but it doesn't matter because the contents of that story in terms of the way the levels are designed the way the characters talk to each other it's just fucking splendid. It's just the. I, I mean, Ben, how far are you in on the campaign? Tonight? Not very far. I'm only on like chapter three or four. All right, so you you not even get to, got to the best bits yet. This is no. So I won't spoil it because it's unfair. You really need to play it through. I'm really enjoy. I I'm enjoying the the him and BT. It's, yeah. yeah. So he still kind of sounds a bit like this prime to me for some reason. Oh, yeah. It's authoritative robot voice. That's it. He's very much that Optimus Prime style thing. Yeah. But uh, being a child of Transformers, that makes me want to keep Yeah, it's kind of, exactly. It's an appealing thing. It's like it has that. It has a bit of dog from Half-Life 2 sort of to it as well. And just that whole pilot titan interaction stuff is brilliant but yeah the level design just gets mad in the later levels and things mechanics are just picked up and dropped out of nowhere and it works you know they don't let anything outstay its welcome it's like there is a key point later you know partway through the story where they give you a mechanic it's cool it's out of nowhere and then it's gone and it's like we're going to move on. We've, we've had enough of this. And to be that confident to not take that and then run the whole game with it was... By the way, is there any kind of levelly up mechanic in it? Because um, it's like, is there an the upgrade system? Stuff, but not. Well, yeah, you get like different stuff for the Titan. As you okay. Go. Well, no, I meant like, like upgrading the invisible walk. But it's always that limited. I don't know. They like, it's the same as multiplayer. There are like classes for the Titan. Okay. You can get like loadouts for, no, I meant for your actual pilot uh, his, like no, I said, you can the, go the stuff you'll get that, that will help that you haven't got early on okay so. good because it, it sometimes it feels annoying that it's like two seconds yeah but you are <laughs> you're weak you're weak for a reason at that point and okay it, the invisibility stuff and that it ties into the way the game's designed as well i think that's key to that it is very much a, an old school shooter in a lot of ways that it doesn't rely on you know, upgrades and stuff in that manner it's very much more like um say like a half-life or a portal where it's like hey you've picked up this new thing you try it out for a bit and see how it goes it's like rather than just like you've got an fxp to unlock the duper gun it's yeah just like i said 
I mean, I spent ages trying to find that though. It's like, where's the XP system? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and yet for me, I don't know. It just it felt natural not yeah. to. It just well, no, a, just I'm so used to games having them. Oh yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah. The you first thing that? I did was look around, see if I could find one. Yeah, I mean, you saying that it's like the first time I've really thought, oh shit, yeah, there wasn't, and it's like, I don't know, because maybe I I was a kid sort of raised on that on the PC years many years ago of just shooters that were straight up shooters in single player and multiplayer and it, it's great for that and it, and then the multiplayer and again like uh mike says multiplayer for me is just a thing that gets harder and harder as years go by and to do and it's like yeah i keep coming back to this and it's it's again very simple but the mechanics of the game with the free running and the fighting and smashing people in the face of a giant robot works quite well uh, it seems as a, a multiplayer thing and i think it probably helps i'm actually quite good at it which is again unprecedented in modern gaming for me to be actually still be good at a shooter it's a i'm bad at a multiplayer but i do enjoy it anyway yeah it's just you get rewarded you know for doing things not necessarily for being the best but you can like hang around and defend you know, capture points in certain modes and get points for that you know you can it takes that very battlefield system of uh you know just doling out rewards for all kinds of things not just for who's killed the most people from the furthest distance and done a skill shot where they turn into a christmas tree and shoot from 10 miles out it's like it's a simple simple thing and that is definitely timeful to strength for me is it's going back to that old school idea of shooters but having that modern sort of twist to it in terms of you know certain aspects without going revolutionary and yet somehow it ends up being more fresh and inventive than most of the stuff out there so yeah loved it fantastic it's in it's one of my three in rotation for game of the year and it's hard (laughs) to sort of pick this year i mean it is fantastic for the games we've had um yeah but that's my first one out the window and we're back around to mike yes mike do you have another pick for us in your games of this year uh yes i do um it's well um i kind of feel sort of a bit guilty for um say um picking a game that's very similar to uncharted but it's got to be, uh, it's got to be uh, Rise of a Tomb Raider. Oh uh, yeah, well it counts, it counts. You know. Yeah, um, I've I've always been a big fan of Tomb Raider. You guys know I've really enjoyed the re, uh, reboot in 2013. Uh, um, I hadn't previously played um, much of um, Rise of a Tomb Raider on the Xbox One. Um, I might have it, you see, but um, obviously I knew um, I had some experience with it. But um, yeah, I got. This obviously um, for the PS4, and it came with all the DLC and all the extra bits and pieces. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's very much, uh, it's a great game. It's very much a sequel to to, uh, to the reboot. It's you know, it plays very very similar. There's it, it's, um, obviously, but you know, you've got a whole new setting and everything now. It's more of a you know a snowy um, sort of mountainous setting now. Is <laughs> <laughs> that um, Gary Woohoo there? <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah, um, that was me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, 
um, you know, that was quite that was sort of quite a welcome change and everything. But yeah, it's it's still the, the things the kind of the template laid down by two, the 2013 reboot um, work um, still works very well. I mean, they they've still improved on things as uh, different types of weapons and upgrades now and everything. They've uh, they've added side quests. Um, so you can, um, for extra things to do, you know, you still got the whole like hub areas and everything like, like, uh, like the original game and stuff. So, um, like there's like, um, a Russian base, uh, there's like this sort of mountain community and everything like that. So that, that whole kind of template, um, is still, still exists and the optional tombs, but they're just, there's more of them and it just, um, it's just, it's still a great game. You know, I, it's, it's very similar. I was actually reading a few comments and stuff and saying that they didn't actually do much to change. Uh, the formula and everything for it, and I suppose in a way they didn't, but they, did, they didn't need to. I don't think. I think maybe for a third one, but I think for this one, it is just they just um, they hit, they ticked every box for me. It was definitely, it definitely felt like a Tomb Raider game. There was there was definitely more emphasis emphasis on kind of the um, well the Tomb Raiding aspect of it, if you like. The, the the optional tombs, obviously, they're still there, but they're bigger, they're more complicated to do. The rewards are better. The um, it's um, also the, the main locations themselves. Uh, they felt a little bit more. I suppose they did feel a little bit more like the classic Tomb Raider games, especially the Syrian chapter at the beginning and everything. That was quite. There's a lot of like sort of old school style Tomb Raider platforming and exploration thrown in there, so that was pretty cool. And the um, obviously the, the main chunk of the game takes place in um, I think it's Siberia, and um, obviously in some. Um, it's kind of. Aesthetically, I guess it's kind of similar, um, kind of like very samey because it, obviously it's in this snowy, snowy mountainous region and stuff. But it still, it still works really well. It's quite, it's a drastic change from the kind of the island setting of the of the first game. So I actually like that a lot. Um, it's a chat. It's really, it's quite a tough game as well. I felt, um, which was good. I thought I, th- I found it more difficult than the first one, but it's um, not in a um, not in an unfair way. I think it's really well balanced and everything. And I just really like the. Um, I like the improvements they brought to it and everything. You know, Laura can do more this time around. There's more. The pu- I think the puzzles are a lot better as well. Um, the combat is the combat's always been solid. I think I wouldn't say it was the best element of the um, new Tomb Raider games, but I don't think the combat has always been the best part of Tomb Raider um, in general. Certainly the first few games and stuff. I think it was always more about the exploration, the story, and the puzzle solving. I think that's true with this, but it's you know it's. It's just a great. I think it's just a really good game. It's it's what you'd expect from a sequel to Tomb Raider. I know. Um, I can't really sort of elaborate on it more than that. It's just a solid. It's just the next step up. I think. I I think probably for a, a third game, I'd perhaps like to see. I don't know. Maybe just a couple mm-hmm. of new elements thrown in and stuff. But I think with what they did with this was great. And um, the extra stuff in there, I thought was brilliant. The um, blood. Ties, uh, the chapter where you're, I think, I think it's Blood Ties. It's called Blood Ties. Um, where you're exploring Lara's mansion. It's all narrative based. There's no combat in it at all. Um, the Lara's Nightmare thing is like an alternate reality, uh, wave, uh, sort of a, a combat um, spin-off type thing based on Blood Ties. But obviously, it's non-canon. It's like you fighting zombies and stuff. So that was cool. But Blood Ties itself is great. It's just you literally exploring the mansion, going around finding clues, uncovering can, more about Lara's past. Which you can play in VR, by the way. In VR, yes, and I, I did play it in VR briefly um, during my hands-on with the game before it came out, which is actually really cool. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, that that part of the game was actually really, really good. I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's quite short. It's not. It's just an, it's an extra basically D, DLC chapter, but it was really good. It's re- they did a really good job of fleshing out Lara's character in that game. I thought, and 
that other father and her mother and stuff. And it's just great seeing the whole mansion and everything, but completely redone. I thought that was really, really well done. And yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of any criticism about it. I don't really have much criticism because obviously it wouldn't be my game of the year thing. I suppose um, your main criticism is that it, it's, it is kind of more the same, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say it's yeah. It's um, I guess it's like um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I'm a, I suppose you could say like the um, some of the Resi games. You know, the earlier sequels are very similar. They just had a few extra bits and pieces, and it is kind of like that in a way. But I'm cool with that. You know, it's it, oh, yeah. I, I suppose you could say it's to it is to what Resi Five was to Resi Four kind of thing in the Tomb Raider world. You know, it was you know, but it's like Resident. It's like um, Resi Five was Resi Four on steroids, and it's the same kind of thing with this. I guess you could say. But there are enough. There are enough kind of like small improvements. To, like uh, differentiate it there were um i feel terrible because i can't actually like it's been a while since i've actually played the game again so but there's you know there were more there were more upgrades available and stuff there like i said the you know you have the hub worlds there and you could um you could do side quests this time around oh that's it they they had the um i was trying to think of this the whole thing um they had the sec the uh element where you could um learn new languages and stuff you could like uh, i think you could learn greek and you could learn russian which gary would probably like <laughs> um and um you uh, what this this is all side stuff but what it, what it would do is you could transcribe um like uh, like sort of pillars and stuff and maps to locate hidden treasure and stuff it was like it is a side thing you don't have to do it but it was a cool side activity that kind of played into Lara's whole, you know, background as an archaeologist and yeah. stuff, you know, obviously learning, you know, um, deciphering codes and all that kind of stuff. So it was, I, I liked that element. I thought it was good. It fleshed the game out more. It was definitely, it is definitely a game for completionists. There is a shit ton of content in that game. There's so much to collect and stuff. And that is one thing that I've improved upon. Because, I mean, the original had a nice lot of stuff in there. Don't, be, don't get me wrong, but this, they've really it feels like they've really upped the ante in that respect. So that was great. Sometimes it's actually overwhelming when you look at your map, just how much there is, but that was great. I thought they really did that. You definitely get um, plenty of bang for your buck in that case. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, it was more of the same in a way, but that's not really a bad thing, at least not for this game. I think I probably for the next one, that was good, you know, so uh... yeah, exactly. I think for the next game, I probably want to change things up a bit. Well, not obviously not drag, not going too far from the formula, but they probably need to introduce some kind of new, I don't know, I have no idea what they could do, but, um, you know, I think, um, but as far as, you know, as far as what they, they brought out with it, you know, where the Tomb Raider series is now, I think it's great. It's stronger than ever. And I was, I really liked it. Definitely really, really enjoyed it. And the extra stuff was great as well. That is, that's the icing on the cake for me. Definitely. Grand. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone else has played it. Have they? I played Gary, yeah, there you go. Gary, what did you think of Rise of the Tomb Raider? Uh, I really enjoyed it, just like Mike did. I thought it was a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, I, I do disagree on some stuff with Mike about it. Um, like, I oh, think yeah. the game is actually very easy, especially the combat. Um, Gary is I didn't have, to be fair. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any problems with the combat. <laughs> Oh, um, right, yeah. I must be really rubbish at it then. <laughs> I, agree, I agree that it's it's very iffy. Like, when you aim down, like, with the whole, when you hold L2 to aim with your gun, it looks really weird how it zooms in. Um, I yeah. thought, especially with the camera angle, I'm like, what the hell? Like, the way she's holding the gun and where the reticle is doesn't make any sense. It doesn't align at all. Like, it's completely weird, but... Um, the outside of the combat, uh, the exploring is incredibly fun. 
Uh, like Mike said, it does take place on a nice snowy mountain. And if you know me, any game that has snow, I'm all for. Insta win. Um, <laughs> insta- <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my other big thing about it was its story. Um, and this is more of a personal thing, but I hate it when companies sugarcoat things just so they don't offend people. Um, and I don't know how much you might you paid attention to it, but it, to me personally, it pretty much told the story of Jesus and his followers and what happened to them. And yeah. the way they sugarcoated it just pissed me off because they don't call him by his name. Um, they don't talk about his crucifixion, nothing like that. Uh, the thing that they're after is obviously the Holy Grail. They don't call it the Holy Grail. They call it something completely different. Um, and to me, on a personal level, like I don't care if you change stuff around that's you know religious, but don't pretend and don't change it in a way where you don't call somebody by their name because you're afraid of offending somebody, which is what I took out of it. Um, like they don't they don't call him by his name. They just call him the prophet. They call him the followers. Um, they they don't use any of the actual words that are supposed to be used, and it just irritated me. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of that is just demographic appeal. You know, it's like by just generalizing it, then sort of encompasses more religions because you know the the base ideas are all there. And I don't know. Cause, yeah, and it's fine, but but it's like if you're gonna do it, do it the right way. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't just don't be afraid to offend people because. Obviously, religion offends a lot of people still. Um, there's so many different ones now, you know, but it's just just go with the way of what people know. Don't just change it to, because you're afraid of what's going to happen. I mean, let's face it, controversy sells. You probably would have sold more units because of it. It's interesting, actually, that you say that about religion, considering um, Rihanna Pratchett right, and her father, of course, Terry Pratchett, and he's quite widely known for having his own whole religion thing built into his books that is just a pokey fun of actual religion. So, you know, it's like you can you can do religion and be creative with it. Whereas you say, they do seem like they're playing it safe rather than, you know, doing something radical with it and making it work for the game, which, and without, you know, pussyfooting around, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that really bothered me with the story. Other than that, I thought it was really well told. It has a very um, Uncharted 3 vibe to it, I thought, uh, with the story and, and the military people looking for what they're looking for, uh, which is pretty much the Holy Grail, uh, which was pretty cool. I, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, I think it could have used a little more set pieces. Uh, I thought the original, the first reboot Tomb Raider had a lot better set pieces than this one did. Yeah. But yeah. it was... It's still a very, very well-made game. It's a very well-made game. Kudos to them. Yeah. There's something that, sorry, there's something that popped up for me as well. I was just thinking, I'm not sure if I can describe this well, but there's something that bothered me about the, um, about the combat, not necessarily the game, and just the way the, um, uh, I'm trying to find a way to describe it, kind of like the way you sort of interacted with the enemies and stuff and where you sort of finish them off. It cut the, I think it was the animation just seemed a bit sloppy, I don't know why, just the way you, something about it, the way she kind of, when you would, when you would use a melee kill on them and stuff like that, or you would just, you know, finish them off with a, a pistol. I, I don't know, the way they, I think it was just the way they reacted to gunshots and things like that seemed kind of, um, 
it just looked a little bit archaic compared to some other games, and it, they were obviously lifted straight from the um, Tomb the Tomb Raider reboot, which was like three years old now at the time of its release. I don't know. I uh, that kind of I noticed little weird things like that. I noticed it when they do it with Resident Evil games as well when they reuse animations. I just thought it was a little bit. Some parts looked a little bit recycled. I guess it just kind of bugged me. Not a major thing at all. I just like as I I noticed it was like, oh yeah, that's. You know, it, I don't know. I think it got a little messy at times. The amount of enemies you took down and stuff, and the bodies piling up and everything, and the the animations just look quite a bit poor in places. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm probably the only one who noticed this by the sound of oh, it. But... Oh, I noticed it too. Like, I oh really, right, okay. The worst, the worst is the melee kills, like you said. Like yeah. especially when they see you and you run up and you hit them with your pickaxe. Yeah. And the the kill animation she does where she stabs them in the back with it and then like throws them to the side. Yeah. For me, that animation never worked properly. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. She's too far away, or she's so close that she's, like, going through his body, or she's not even hitting him, but the animation is still playing. It looks completely weird. Like, none of them are matched up at all. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And actually, it's funny, it's funny me, um, it's actually funny me talking about it being hard. I think maybe, um, I think maybe that's, maybe I just, maybe I just, just not good at the platform elements and stuff and some of the quick time things, but it also seemed ridiculously, um, this is on the, on the flip side of what I'm saying here, it also seemed stupidly easy to kill enemies with melee things. Like I remember literally just, there was a group of enemies and I literally was hammering triangle and just killing them all with melee moves. It just seemed way too easy to do that. And they didn't even bother getting out the way. They just kind of like stood there pointing their guns at me and stuff. I, you know, obviously it just seemed a little bit, you know, it just seemed way too easy to kill them. Just hammer around, hammer at triangle and stuff. When like two or three enemies near you and stuff, I think the I just think the AI was a little bit um, crap. at some it's in some places. Yeah, they like to charge at you a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they're behind cover and stuff, they're pretty good, and they do. I, do, I like I like that they flank you and stuff. But there are some parts when it's when they get close to you. I think that they I think the AI falters because it's just too easy to kill them with melee moves and stuff. It's just yeah. And it is, it's almost in a way that she seems so overpowered as well with those things, you know, with that pickaxe and everything. I thought it would be like a large stitch thing just to stun them or whatever, but the fact you can just take them out effectively like that and you can get, you can stockpile so much ammo that way as well. I don't know, that's just, yeah, it was just, that's just a, a little nitpick from my end. <laughs> I think, I think actually stepping back to what I was saying about the next one, I think, I think they should overhaul the combat a bit next one, definitely get some new animations and stuff definitely and maybe change around some of the things mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more um it, it, you know just so you can't just go on a bloody pickaxe round, round page <laughs> yeah anyway sorry i'm done <laughs> cool um gary your next pick please my next pick doom doom Sweet. doom <laughs> <laughs> um another surprise i think um, but yeah it's a uh, no review copies at launch which Set a lot of bells ringing. <laughs> Little did we know that was just going to be Bethesda going forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I personally have my own uh, theories about what happened there, but I'll keep that to myself for now. But uh, yeah, Doom. Uh, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be as good as it turned out to be. Um, I know Doom Four had been in development for a very long time. Mm. Um, with I think it got canceled twice and rebooted twice. Um, and then we finally got this Doom, which this Doom goes back to what made Doom awesome. Uh, well, for the older players uh, who played Doom back in the day, uh, I know a lot of people started their Doom series with Doom 3, which was more of a survival horror type shooter. Oh, yeah. um, 
Whereas Doom was just straight up shooter, kill everything, uh, and have fun doing it. And that's what this Doom was. Uh, you get it, it went back old school. Where you you pick up health packs. You you don't have regenerative health. Um, you never reload your at guns. You always have whatever ammo you have is what you have. Um, and all you care about is shooting stuff, and that's all it is. You encounter. You know the demonic humans. I guess you can call them possessed humans on Earth or on Mars. Sorry, and a whole bunch of demons start coming out. A lot of cool um, Easter eggs to the old Doom characters, which I know a lot of them went missing in Doom Three. Uh, they didn't have a lot of the original Doom monsters. Uh, they're all back in this one. Uh, just a super fun game, all in all. I really enjoy it. Super brutal, blood, gore everywhere. It's very violent. Awesome soundtrack with the heavy metal fits perfectly with the game. Um, the only downside is it's multiplayer, I would say. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting the multiplayer to be like old school Unreal Tournament type. Yeah, where especially given how the main game is as well. You would think yeah, because like everybody starts off with one gun and you got to find the pickups to use those like Unreal Tournament used to be. Um, but no, they decided to go with the more, oh, you have your classes, your character's can equip these certain guns, these abilities, which really turned it off for me uh, quite a bit. I really wanted the old school type. And it, a lot of game modes were missing, like simple game modes, like Deathmatch was missing. Um, and it was just weird. Like They had all these team-based modes, but like the simple ones just weren't there that you'd see, that you would expect to be in a multiplayer-type shooter. Um, but yeah, fun game. It gets really difficult to work the end which i was expecting it to do because that's what doom does yeah um, totally. but yeah if you if you're tired of the more tactical or you know the, the call of duties the battlefields and you just want to go in and kill shit that's what doom lets you do you just go in and you kill shit that's all it, that's all it's about it's an arcade shooter which is awesome so yeah yeah doom, doom. for me so i said i've only played some of it so far, it's uh, I think it was like the demo sort of area of it. So, um, yeah, you know, liked it. I think it's just a case of so much else going on, I've not picked it up. But um, it's a shame the multiplayer didn't turn out, turn out so well. So again, I played some of that from the uh, early sort of beta stuff. Yeah, it is a shame because I think so many people are looking forward to going back to the old school multiplayer days. Yeah, like, which like I said, Titanfall and, probably does that. I think for me, it's like it has that fusion where it it mixes old and new in a be, in a better way. I think that's that, and it's that, again with modes being different. I think it it helps. And with Doom, it's like as you said, there's a slight problem where it is limited and not really quite up. To I think it. it's one of those things where you have two different teams working on the two modes. Mm. One team's work in single player our teams work in multiplayer and it just two different games it, it, doom, doom is pretty much two different games in multiplayer and single player is what it is yeah which is shame. fine but it's like you should have some sort of connection i think you know between the two and as you said with two different teams working on it that makes it harder and again yeah it, i think i'll say this again but uh whereas titanfall is all in-house all same team both modes are very different but they still fit as a cohesive whole you know, because they are the same team. And yeah, I think that miscommunication that you get with working on something in separate places probably doesn't help. 
Uh, you know, or is it just hamstrung because they want to do some stuff in the Quake thing they're doing? It's hard to know what they're going to do with it. But uh, yeah, unfortunate. But as you said, the, the single player stuff is enough, I think. Especially as it's going very cheap most of the time at the minute. Yep. Has anyone else played Doom at all? I sadly haven't. A little haven't, bit. No, I, I really, really want to play it. I did have it for a while, but it wasn't my cup of tea, really. It's not been approved. No. Could you not glitch it? No, I couldn't really. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I didn't really try to glitch it. Well, to be fair. You, you I... never, yeah, you never tried. <laughs> yeah, I never tried. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't break as soon as I touched it, so I didn't like it. <laughs> so. All right, then, Ben, it's on you. Uh, I'm going to go with the game I'm playing during this entire podcast, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. It's good. Right. That saves me picking it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I can talk about something different. Uh, yeah, I've been Stardew playing Valley. as we've been talking. Yeah. It's like it came out Tuesday, was it? Yeah, I think but, it was. Um, 11.99. Uh, fantastic value. I mean. Amazing game. I do recommend it. If you like your... Uh, little, if you like your RPGs, then, and if you've pl- ever played Harvest Moon, then Which yeah. Which I haven't in many years, but yeah, I can I can totally see that. It has that. Uh, but it's uh, uh, more adventure Yeah, there's the mining and the fishing. I, I like my fishing. I, I, I just reached level 40 in mining, but not actually level 40, but I reached floor 40. So I'm yeah, very happy about, about that. 65, I think. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's fun. It's just. Yeah, isn't it? It's just I find it like to be a complete chill game. Yeah, you used to talk about earlier. I've been on for ages. You talked about earlier. Now I just got oh, fuck, I guess I should. Oh, God damn it, I can't stop. I'll know, just feed is, the chickens. It's it, this is it. I think Friday night, my wife went out, and I thought, oh, I can play all these different games that I need to catch up on. And it's like I played Stardew Valley all night. It's like I played <laughs> God knows how many hours. I don't know about you, but when it rains, I'm like, yes, it's raining. I don't have to water anything. I don't have to water the crops anymore. At first, I wasn't sure because to me, I was looking at the ground when the crops were being yeah. done, like when it's raining. I'm thinking, I don't know if they're actually getting wet, if there's yeah. some sort of thing where rain doesn't affect them. So I'll yeah. water them anyway. <laughs> so I did that yeah. for a while until I realized, no, they are actually. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, yes, it's, it's like been two days in a row of rain. I'm like, yes, I can actually do something today. Yeah. I think for me what makes it work is that you have this, you know, not open world so much because it's two D plane but Well it's kinda of open It is kinda of, I mean you, you know, it's it's a town and yeah. but obviously a problem with a lot of games that do that is that you don't feel like you're making any impacts on the area. Yeah. On the world. Yeah, you know, say say like an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout where it's like you you're not really doing much to help the environment. Even in Fallout Four where you could make settlements and stuff. You can't really affect right. the environment in any tangible way. Whereas Stardew Valley you get to know the people in there, you get to Unless you mean you're completely uh, yeah, anti social. Yeah, so I'm not done great. I usually end up giving people bad gifts and it's like I, I I forgot to give people gifts, I just run around Making pre- making food. <laughs> yeah, just that. And the fact that you can help people out, help their business, open up areas and stuff. And it's like you are making a difference to this community and you become part of that community the more you go on. It's like, it's nice like that. I like that. The fact that and you know, all the NPCs are the ones you know and they change over time. And it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's just lovely 
mostly peaceful game, apart from when you go to the mines and stuff and go do sort of RPG sort of let's go and kick some ass and I found some shoes. I found some shoes. I found like four pairs of shoes. Oh well. <laughs> Always find weaker shoes than I've got though. <laughs> I found a weapon that has a critical chance but it's weaker than what I've got, so I'm not sure if yeah, I I'm I'm currently wielding a giant mallet. So oh, I've only ever found swords and daggers so far. Yeah. I it's and like if you um kill enough of the creatures down there you get like special stuff. Uh, like like special weapons. So it's like I got one special weapon for killing the slimes, I think it was, or something. Or the bugs. The flying bugs. Yeah. And <clears throat> as soon as I did the got that, that weapon was then outclassed by the hammer I got about five minutes later. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay, there you go. It was fun. It looks nice, but, <laughs> but yeah, I just like you get into a routine of things and as you say it's just like it's about one more go it's like oh i'll just do yeah. this i'll go to the next day i'll check on my crops yeah and then you before you know it, i've checked on my crops i've gone into town to do some jobs oh i've gone to this place to find some yeah stuff and it's like, oh, and then oh look my iron ore's ready i'll just go put some more on yeah that's it and i think I did that <laughs> about it was about half six on friday until about half one in the morning <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, okay i'm still so he kept going, I'll just do this one more day. I'll just do this one more day. Yeah. So I, I put it on Twitter, in fact, what does like, I started the game at like 4 p.m., looked at the clock, it was like, I haven't eaten yet, and it's half eight. I'm like, where did the day go? It's like, I don't know what if I said, but I'll like drink a couple of beers earlier in the week when I've got them. Yeah. While I play it, like last night, I managed to drink one beer because I just got so sort of engrossed in it. Yeah. That's just, abnormal it's like you know it's like but i just couldn't be bothered to get up and get the next one it's just yeah. because i was like i will do this one more thing constantly yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing like again another of those games where it came out on pc early in the year and it got quite hyped and i think it's like up there with yeah um, yeah critics reviews i think it's about one, two, four five six seven yeah it's like the seventh highest game on all formats the, the year and yeah i can totally see why i, I almost think that it scored which I think it's on 90. It's slightly lower than it should be for me. Yeah. I think, it's, I think I, it's just, wow. I, say, I honestly think it's in my top five. Oh, so I've, I've made my character a Super Saiyan. Of course. <laughs> Which you can do, yeah, because the hairstyles are there. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah, I've I, made it, again, it like yellowy green hair, like Broly. From... <laughs> He's got like a black skull t-shirt. He is the gangster. Yeah. I think... You know, if you if you like Nintendo like games, this is one of the most Nintendo like games on a PlayStation console right now. I think. And it's ironic that the only console it isn't on is on a Nintendo console. The but moment. they are talking about having it on the Switch. Oh yeah, and also worth remembering all the work of one man, which yeah. is just outstanding. Just that he's done all that on his own is just nuts. I, I, I just can't quite fathom it in a way. It does take me. It did take me a while to get used to fishing, though. I still suck at it. Oh yeah, sometimes. I still suck at fishing. It's like, and like, I get uh, very distracted. Like by right now, I see a chest and I kind of want to get it, but I know if I get it, that chest, I will lose my fish. Yeah, it's like <laughs> stuff like that. Like with the events that come up, and it's like, oh, we're having a town event, and at this time it'll be like something stupid, like ten o'clock at night, and you go, well, I got to fill the day. It's like I'll go into the mines, and then before you know, it, it's like, right, I'm in the mines, so I want to get down to the next floor so I can, clear, you know, save. Yeah. Get, five more floors down so it's a save point like that but also the time's getting on and i yeah. need to get up there and it's like ah and before you know right. you've wasted another day it's, oh, like, it's only an event screw it mining 
I might, I might find more raw. <laughs> or stuff for the museum for some reason. I love how the surly teenagers just address you like little surly teenagers. It's like, yeah. Just all the horrible little sarcastic remarks that come out with that. You know, like, like, I'm just wondering, do, you, do they grow to love you? Although I must admit, I have given most of my rare, most of my gifts to men because they look so much like women, some of them. <laughs> Especially that, oh, that guy, one guy, yeah, yeah, the guy who's at the beach, yeah, he's just yeah. like, oh yeah, I did that once. And I was like, oh no, you're not the person I thought you were. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh look, that's a pretty lady because he was turned around. All I can see was his like long brown hair. Yeah, there's, so, there's, I'll, I'll give him this flower I just picked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mayor guy, I've annoyed more times than not trying to give him gifts. Uh, it's, he's like, oh well, I suppose it's the fault that counts. Uh, so like, oh, someone actually, somebody actually turned around and literally just said to me. I'm sorry, but this is just an awful gift. <laughs> so, fine. Also, remember there's other towns as well, other like starting areas. Yeah, I've got my I've son. Got the basic one, one. So, I was like, my son, I left him to have a game, his own game, while yeah. I went to sort of have a bath and stuff the other day and yeah. came down. And he was playing a, a game within the game. I was like, on the arcade machine. It's like, there's an arcade this? machine, what? Yeah, in the. um pub place if you go off to one of the other rooms there's like an arcade machine oh my god that's it's amazing like, there's like a little twin stick shooter thing in there it's like and he was playing that it's like the little buggers found something i didn't find <laughs> so i'm gonna have to go see that yeah it's oh man just <laughs> amazing amazing little thing something and so only 11.99 11.99 is a bargain in my opinion like i said yeah like ben says if you like harvest moon it's just you know, stuff like that it is like Harvest Moon for a Sony console proper. But, and um, also remember PSP they're working on co-op as well. Oh, and, and yeah, the Vita version is yeah. coming as well. And, yeah. Well, to be I fair, just... there's those people that complain they can't play on their Vita. Don't forget, you always do have remote play. Yeah, yeah, and it's the sort of game that it works for best, I think. Yeah, it's just a special little thing, and like I said, definitely up there. Cool. I think I think we cover that nicely. Um, go buy it now. Go buy it now. It saves me talking about it. Um, I suppose I should talk about a different game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I have to mention Hitman, really, don't I? It's uh, Oh, yeah. I've gone about, on about that game so much this year on this very podcast. Hitman is the shit, let's be honest. Um, no one really had uh, much faith in the idea of an episodic Hitman. And... Again, just another point. Pointing this out is another Square game this year that, that's really good. And Square have been on fucking fire this year for games. There's no doubt about that. Um, when you, the games we've mentioned already, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Dragon Quest Builders, and this, and stuff like Final Fantasy Fifteen and Deus Ex. And, oh, man. They just, yeah, knocked out of the park. But, yeah, Hitman works as an episodic game because each level has so much going on in it that you can experiment to your heart's content with ways to kill people new secrets you find this, this, even now I'm playing levels early on and finding new stuff over and over again and it just added modes on top of that that player created challenges as well they have the elusive targets which are literally just characters that turn up in a map for a set amount of time real time and you get one shot at them They will, if you don't get them that's it they're out, gone. If you fail the mission, that's it, gone. If you win the mission, that's it. That was your one chance. You did it. 
So you want to do it as well as you can, the best you can. Most elusive targets, mine tend to be, oh, I found them. Oh, shit, I fucked this up. Uh, Everyone's dying in a bloodbath and I escaped with the skin of my teeth and you're out. That's pretty much how it goes. All your best laid plans go out the window. But yeah, it's just fantastic fun. It is very much like the old Hitman games in a lot of ways, but takes a lot of what made uh, Absolution sort of more fluid and modern and I, I like that balance of it and Sapienza the second level episode is just one of the best bits of level design of the year in all around it's just a fascinating place to go around this little town in Italy and this big mansion in the middle the kills in it are just brilliant including exploding golf ball it's just mwah, brilliant and yeah I just can't fathom how how damn good they made it even when they remixed levels they're good you know it's like they did a mid-season thing where they just remixed a couple of the levels and it was like uh one got turned into a hollywood movie set with like giant alien props and stuff and that was cool and <laughs> so and then they just done a christmas mission which is uh where you literally your target so the the burglars from home alone and it's just mad you know things like that and it's set in the Paris level but everything's all Christmas vibes and you know, they've got decorations up and you can kill people as Santa if you want and oh, just marvellous and that's not even discounting the elusive target that was Gary Busey which is I mean like actual actual Gary Busey <laughs> and it's just it's a fascinating game and they've added so much to it got good feedback and the one big flaw I had with it was that uh, well it was two I suppose one was the loading times which they fixed fairly early on and then there was the fact that most of it wasn't accessible offline you know you could play the levels but the challenges and stuff within them were locked behind that, the internet but they've since rectified that so brilliant that you know instantly catapults it higher as a game a surprise in so much as I like Hitman anyway but it's great surprise how they've managed to sort of marry the two styles for Hitman from old and new. And yeah, fantastic, as I said earlier. Um, Mike, you played a little bit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, yeah, I really need to revisit that game seriously. Um, I played the um, first mission and the second mission. Uh, one was the, the second one was at the preview event. In- stuff when i spent more time making soup in the kitchen i think um <laughs> in real life or in the game <laughs> no no in the game stirring rat poison soup or whatever so, it was oh so square yeah you know, the square employees didn't come around going um what are you doing in our kitchen no <laughs> no not in the kitchen <laughs> um yeah i mean i i never actually played a hitman game before this one believe it or not um but yeah no i, I really really liked it i thought it was great i didn't have any kind of uh, problem with the episodic structure because I didn't have any preconceptions about the series before that, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I thought it was great. I thought it was really well done. I, I love the stealth was brilliant. You know, definitely gives Metal Gear a run for its money in that department. Yeah. I like the um, the just the I presume this is what is uh, the kind of pull of the Hitman games is like the sheer amount of um, ways and you can go about your your mission. I like the freedom and everything. Yeah, and the fact that I think player options-wise, they've added it to make it that, you know, you can play it with all the assists on to sort of give you hints and tracking and all that, or you can turn it all off and 
all the sort of bits in between. So it's like you can play it how you want to play it. It's very welcoming to newcomers, but also yeah. challenging as fuck for the hardcore. I mean, there's stuff, even on the easiest stuff, settings and stuff, I find it maddening. It's like the elusive targets are great for that in terms of challenge because, you know, most of the stuff is turned off. You don't get to track your target with the red sort of outline or anything like that. It's, you just have to recognize them from sight, from the picture. And it's like, cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was great. I love the yeah, just the amount. There's, there's there's a lot of content in it. The ways you, you know you can you obviously you can go back and play them. You can, the missions again. You can like uh, there's various. I don't know what they are. Like not achievements, sort of like med, sort of like medals or whatever you get for doing certain things or whatever. Yeah. Completing the thing in a different way. There's there's a lot of. It's amazing how much one mission um, can last you because there's so much stuff you could do there the various challenges and everything and it's 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 a very creative game as well and it's very it's rewarding because a lot of it is challenging it's a it's a challenging game and when you when you when you kind of meet um manage to complete an objective that's quite like kill the guy in a certain way you know a really tough way it's very very, very satisfying to see that through and like you know put up put all your hard work put um for all the hard work and the kind of troll and error um, well, for me, it was quite a lot of trolling ever, but finally, crack, finally doing it, it's, it's a very rewarding feeling, you know. Definitely, um, it's de- definitely one of the most rewarding kind of um, games I play. Definitely, I just wish I'd um, got round to completing it. To be honest, I really did enjoy it. Definitely, if the um, and I know that the um, the rest of the uh, I played obviously, like I said, I played only the first two missions. I know that some of the, I know that one of the other levels is meant to be even better than those. Was it Marrakesh is the best one? No, like I would still say Sapiens are the second one. Is oh, right, okay. The best, the best uh, in terms of pure Hitman, but there's good stuff about every level. I think yeah. taking them as individual episodes, it's you can't maybe rate them as high in certain respects, but as a whole package, it works. It's like, I suppose, minor complaint is the story just seems a bit tacked on and they don't care about it until like the last couple of episodes. And it's like, well, at that point, you're like, well, why am I supposed to care? It's like, but at the same time i don't care about the story so much yeah so it's like because it's the content in the game sort of sells you on the little story bits a bit better as it goes on yeah it's a grand grand old time but yeah marrakesh is good though it's cool i don't think it really dips to be honest i think they're all at least solid sort of levels i think colorado is the most different which i think is the penultimate episode because Every every person on the map is aggressive. You know, it's like if you're not in the right costume, they will kill you. That's it, and it's well, yeah. So it changes the dynamic a bit. It goes to a more traditional stealth game of everyone is your enemy. That's it. It's like, but it was a nice change of pace before the finale, if you know what I mean in that regard. So it worked for me. Yeah, it's Sweet. grand game, fantastic, Mike. That, I think that brings that back to you, doesn't it? Oh yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I was, hmm, I'm glad I mentioned Hitman, because I'm not, not really sure what else I can say now, actually, because <laughs> I, as, you know, uh, maybe listeners don't know, I don't actually play that many new games. No, no, you, 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 you sort of, you're the newsman. Yeah, I, my job is, um, it isn't so much as a reviewer anymore, is it, is it obviously, like, Vanille and JP and a few of the other guys, they, they really get through a massive chunk of games, so, um, I'm, um, yeah, I, I don't really play that many new games, unfortunately, um, I did enjoy what I'd, um are you allowed to talk about games on other formats? Ooh, what kind <laughs> of game are you thinking here? 
Gears of War 4. Oh, no, 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 no. You can, you can mention it in the honorary mentions. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not in detail. Okay, I mentioned, yeah, I, I enjoyed Gears of War 4. I played that in co-op with my mate around my other mate's house. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I got back into Gears again after, like, nine years. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So we won't we... talk about Overwatch, but Gears of War is just fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Just not Overwatch. No, 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 not Overwatch. <laughs> I never even played Overwatch. I don't know what the um the hullabaloo is about Overwatch at all. Um, but yeah, no. Um, what, what do you what, what do you want me to talk about Gears of War or not? No, no, no. I would say it's fine. You can mention it, but yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, so, right. All right, yeah. So a brief mention of Gears, but not Overwatch yes, at all. So right, you, yeah. You could say yeah, it so, by all means. But. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, Gears of War, but yeah. Um, no, a lot of the PlayStation games I played this year, actually, some of them were from, um, they weren't released this year. I mean, you remember me talking about Far Cry 4, which I loved, but because yeah, I. That's like obviously, 2014, I think, that one. Yeah, I know, so I didn't, I didn't get into that until um, after an Alien, Alien Isolation, which was the year before. So a lot of the games I played were actually released from, but I got his Christmas presents last year or a birthday <laughs> present. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much um, Hitman Uncharted and Tomb Raider, really. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting them for christmas this year so i probably um that if you know probably would have been a couple in there again but yeah um i don't get to yeah i do need to start playing more games i think <laughs> well you say that it's like even with um the amount i've played i've done most of the, the games i've reviewed this year there's been a lot of remasters and stuff and it's like i think about it and it's like 15 to 19 games maybe i'd say that like really really good you know, it's like yeah which is yeah a lot but Oh, actually, wait. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, well, okay. Um, I think this is worth a men. I think this is worth a mention because it's not technically a game. It was the demo of Resident Evil Seven. I just want to. It's not going to be in the to... final game, so to be fair, but. Uh... Yeah, I, no, I think it's not going to be. I'm not casting it as old, as one of my game of the years, but I think, I think that I think I should mention it because I thought that was a really. Now that the far, the full demo is out. Well, I they've, think that they've really supported it as much as most companies do for a full game anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, playing the full demo, that's a good point, Ben. Playing the full demo, which has now got a lot more puzzles in areas and uh, combat and everything, I think they did a really good job of selling that game to me, and I'm very, very... Not that I wasn't excited before, but I think it's it's shaping up to be something very special. Uh, we were actually saying this before the po- recording a podcast, the... First person view mode doesn't bother me at all. It still manages to feel like Resident Evil to me, and they've nailed that classic survival horror atmosphere again. It's um, it. I mean, yeah, there are shades of. I guess you could. Oh, I hate saying this. There are shades of PT Outlast and stuff. Just probably just because of the way it looks, and it's just so scaled back compared to like pretty much the last almost ten years of Resident Evil, at least in terms of the uh, uh the main games, four, five, and six. I mean, Revelations. I thought. Brit- was kind of a nice marriage of both worlds. I thought that was a really good effort, that was, and Revelations one. But I think, yeah, I think they've really done well with this. The puzzle, just having the type of puzzles alone, I mean, just the fact you can, you know, combine an object in your inventory, you know, examining them, just, you know, stupid shit like that, you know, which is just you take for granted because they didn't have it in five at all. They were just like, oh, here's a key, put it in there, there you go, here's the next, here's this slab, this bloody lion, bloody lion uh, medal or whatever, chuck over there it was just like they just it was just so linear and there was just no you had no reason to use your brain at all it was just given to you on a plate so even even just something as simple as an examining an item in your inventory combining items and stuff opening 
you know, shaking something, you know, examining an item and finding out there's something inside it, opening that up, you know, all those things that were staples in the old Resident Evil games I brought back. And the, you know, the combat as well. I mean, the combat seems solid. I mean, you only literally get to fight one enemy, but I managed to take it down on my first go, which is quite surprising because I it's killed a lot of people from what I see online. But yeah, I mean, I, every shot I fired at him, I landed, it hit the mark. I thought it was great. It didn't feel too fiddly to me. It felt quite intuitive. Um, the I think the first person view were definitely it is definitely quite immersive, and I played it in VR as well, and that was that is some scary shit. I tell you that that was that was awesome, and that was when it wasn't fully updated. With this is back in September before the second update, so this is like the vanilla build. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. It's just like like we were saying before, there's not enough known about the game now. There's not. We don't know much about the game at all, though, as well, but they're really keeping their cars close to their chest, which I think is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just that the, um, the only thing is that is you start imagining all sorts. You're not really given kind of a reason to rein in your expectations. If I said, well, yeah, it's got this, but it doesn't It doesn't have zombies, but it's got this. It's about this. There's not this, isn't it? You can't. You start wondering. Your mind just you start going, well, at least for me, you start wondering about all sorts of different things. So it's like some, oh, yeah. I hope that my, you know, I hope, I think I should perhaps maybe rein in a few of my, my, uh, my own personal wishes about the game, but um, it is, it's, it's definitely got me excited. And I'm glad that there hasn't been this huge amount of spoilers that they're showing in trailers. Like with Resident five and six, they just revealed way too much. Same as like, same as movies, you know, like they were, we were talking about Uncharted four, they, a couple of, like Gary said, a couple of those set pieces were sport, you know, luckily not too much, but, um, but they're not doing that at all with seven. It really is pretty much just one area. They've been showing one chapter. And while unfortunately I wasn't allowed, I wasn't given the chance to play the four hour demo that some other sites have done. It's um, from what I've spoken to um, a guy, uh, a friend of mine, Carson is a friend now. Um, cause I've seen, I've chatted to him enough um, and we're on Facebook as well. So yeah. <laughs> um, he said, yeah, exactly. It wasn't sure on Facebook. Yeah. Um, he, he said, he, he, he he said nothing but good things about that that four hour demo, and it does sound really really good. I picked his brains about that, and it, it does sound really good. And um, I'm really excited about it. And that is that demo. Um, uh, one of my favorite parts is the actual the oddly enough the VHS seg- uh, sequence when you go you you chuck a VHS in um, you, you turn on the VHS and put in a tape and you play this in flashback form, you play the VHS segment as a new character, not the one you're actually playing in the main part of the demo. You're playing this, this, this cameraman uh, as part of the Sewer Gators crew, which is a, like a paranormal TV show style thing where they go, like kind of like mo- um, Most Haunted or something, where they go, they explore all these haunted houses and stuff, and you're going through there, and it's one of the guys disappears, and you find him later, and he's killed, and then you're captured and stuff, and that, tra- that kind of transition to the kitchen demo. And um, that that part was just the way they nailed that that classic horror kind of. There's a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre style stuff in there, Wrong Turn and all that kind of stuff. But it it works so well. It really does feel fresh because it hasn't Resident Evil hasn't had that kind of stuff before. It's it's always you know it hasn't had scares, let alone that kind of that particular kind of vibe they're going for. I think it's really it's really exciting as long as. And I'm sure I'm confident they do this as long as they tie into the other games, kind of the overall story arc, because it is. It's not a reboot. It's set after Resi 6. It's still in the same universe. Um, as long as they tie into that somehow, even Resident Evil 4 managed to, albeit quite tenuously. But 5 did a good job. And obviously 6 was, you know, for all its, for all its faults, it did have... There was some decent lore in there. Um, you know, I think, I think it's onto a winner. So, yeah, but in terms of just raw, 
pure from a visual and gameplay perspective, I think it's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. And I still go, I still go through and play it to this day. I still, it's still, it's a good way to pass, you know, 15 minutes or 15, 20 minutes just to have, have a look around the house and stuff. You, you always, there's so much detail there. You can always spot things you didn't know it was before. So yeah, um, I think I, that's definitely worth a mention. I think that was definitely one of my, my biggest, it was a surprise for me when they shook, they announced that game and getting a demo like that on day one of the announcement. It was um, definitely one of my biggest, um, um, one of the things that impressed me the most of this year, definitely, even though it's only like a 15-minute demo. Yeah, yeah, as you said, it just leaves so much to the imagination about what could be, and that's yes. always fun. Yeah, uh, plus, Jack Baker is awesome as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not much, probably not as much as I'd hoped at first, you know, because some of it, some of what has been revealed kind of poo-poo some of the things I was hoping for, but... What do you mean by that? Oh, just like like I said before about the uh, whole zombie thing and the hope that they were using a more traditional sort of idea of zombies and not like the shuffling undead, but like... Oh, you mean the voodoo? Yeah, the whole voodoo angle being where they were. I mean, it's still possible to a degree that it's a play on that, but it's like, it, it looks less and less likely with more that they've shown, so... Yeah. I, I also wonder if they're going to pull a bait and switch with this whole, oh, we've only shown the first chapter thing. Like, will the first person thing just suddenly become off and they're back to, you know, a third person view with a more established character? I wonder, just if they are making this big effort about not showing the rest of the game, it makes me think there's some big twist to it. That's why they're keeping still. You're secretly Wesker! Wesker. (laughs) Back in the dead. I'm expecting more (laughs) random tentacle monsters for no reason. (laughs) <laughs> well we know Wesker's alive so according to Lloyd yeah he yeah. is uh, in- that's the that's been debated a bit though I'm not really oh, sure oh yeah I personally that count that game with canon and anything but it's meant to be they said it what uh, he was oh, I don't want to go off tangent they apparently the game is the creators have said that it is canon the, yeah. uh, the events but the Wesker part the voice actor um, DC Douglas I think his name is he was told that it's it wasn't canon it was just a spin off but if it is canon, then Wesker it is Wesker, and it is his voice, obviously. So yeah, I don't think anyone really knows what's going on with that because the event it's set that, that apparently there's quite even though the game's you know pretty bad as we know, yeah. apparently it does have some decent. The single player does have some interesting lore stuff. There's like this new pharmaceutical company who are like testing viruses throughout the world and stuff and recreating Raccoon City and all this kind of stuff. So I oh, think yeah, um, because that, that yeah. really was a good idea the first time. Let's recreate it. Yeah, so... um, To be be fair on that, though, um, Mike, Yeah, uh, it may have that stuff, but it's the gaming equivalent of doing a day's worth of paperwork to get a small snippet of story, and that's it. It's called Wikipedia. Yeah, no worry, I'm not (laughs) saying I bought the game just for that. Oh, no, I was just saying, it sounds nice in isolation, that, oh, look, they got these story tidbits, but that means some poor soul had to suffer through that god awful single player experience he played he, he played for our sins yeah. but yeah the theory is that the wesker who died in resident evil 5 was a clone or wesker didn't die it was the real wesker and he somehow survived but you know how he's you wesker, survived he, they're gonna big boss us again yeah that's more too. badass than the real one then give him back yeah so um it's wesker he'll uh, find a way to survive i'd like yeah i'd like to it was secretly a robot because, 
I, well, yeah, I like to think it was a clone of Wesker, to be honest, because some of his dialogue in that game was horrendous. When he was ranting and raving at the end, look wherever you go, nothing but loaves and humans, nah, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> the human race has so much chaff, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. You know, it's just, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. But yeah, there we go. Sorry, I didn't mean That's to go right. there. It's okay, look, we, oh, you got a lot out of the demo. That's good. Oh, it was, yeah. It's... Just it's a fascinating game before we've even played it properly. It's the mad thing about it. So you can't help that. It's fair enough, I'd say. Um, right. That brings it back round to Ben. Does Ben happen to have one in the tank? He must do. Five C fifteen, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, it's of course. Uh, the the bromance. It was uh, I, I love it. I love I love the story. I, I, hell, it's one of the only games I've ever platinumed. That shows you how good it is. Yeah, that, that is a, a statement and a half. From I you. mean, you know, I only have two Platinums. Pharmacy 15 and Goat Simulator. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> oh, now, now it means a little less. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those are my games of the year, so. <laughs> to be fair, um, yeah, and I said before, it's like, I didn't yeah. go into it expecting anything either for, at all. But, wow, yeah, it's really good. Really, uh. really good. Despite what it misses, the problem, my only issue is the, the near the end of the game, the story just seems too rushed and too little story. If you understand well, what I mean, I think, it's I just it, I think that comes in from the earlier stuff isn't there, yeah, you know? and that's where the problem. It's is. too little, but yet somehow too rushed. They tried to put all of the story at like one part of the game, and then, but it, it's not much story anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just. Well, all three of us here because Gary's completed it now and I don't think he had the last time Gary was on. Um, chapter 13. What yes. are your thoughts on it? Gary, I, what, what are your uh, thoughts on it? Quickly? Sorry, just because obviously we sort of talked about it, so yeah. I'll ask him first. I I actually enjoyed Chapter 13. I thought that was a we good change of piece. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I what's that? It was a just, the world's ending. Uh, Ah. <laughs> Carry on, Gary. Yeah, so a, a great change of pace from the game. Um, I thought, I mean, Chapter 13 obviously gives you the most story in the entire game. Yeah. Uh, which is also kind of sad, but when I was walking around and I was reading the, 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 the notes that were left behind, I got more story out of those notes than I got throughout the first probably 35 hours I played in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... That, that to me just says, like I said it before, they cut so much of the story content out. You can easily tell that so much of it was cut out, probably so they can get it to release on time. Um, instead of having to delay it even more. They had 10 um, years, though, didn't they? <laughs> well, to be fair, technically, it's only been like five years. Oh, well, no, it's not even been yeah, five they... years. It's been like two years, hasn't it? 2013, I think, yeah. was when they showed it. Also, it's probably about 2012 they worked on it, as yeah. it is. Yeah, they said they said they they scrapped verses when it was 25% complete, and that was uh, 2012, and it was yeah. announced in 2013. Yeah, so I see. I just thought that they carried most of the stuff over. That's all. No, right. they scrapped I, all of it. Oh, did they? Uh, well, well uh, characters, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But even the characters, they scrapped a lot. Well, the, the, some of them. Was Noctis, well, Noctis was in... Uh, yeah. Uh, versus 13, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 And the, the main 
group prompter and that were as well, but the right. main female character was called Stella instead of Luna. Stella. Yeah, I did a story about that. Yeah, I know she's um. That's the only reason I know Ben because I did a story on it. Yeah, yeah, I know she was cut out. Yeah, we all know you're secretly a, a addicted Final Fantasy fan. It's okay, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> Honestly, I have I'm the only one I played is seven. Seriously, <laughs> sorry, carry on, guys. I'm stealing your fun. Um, yeah, so Ben. You were fairly positive as well, I believe. Oh, I, I, it, it, it dragged on a bit for me, but I liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely dragged. There's no doubt about that. But and it didn't quite lead to where maybe we hoped. I yeah. Because ah, no, I won't spoil it. But I had this distinct feeling the whole story was going in a certain direction, yeah. and that mission made me almost certain that was the case. And then it didn't happen, and that was a bit that disappointed me a little. But at the same time, the way that whole chapter ended and then fed into the next one was just, like, brilliant. And the fact that it's almost a meta joke, what happens yeah. in that, that chapter gap about the game itself, and, and which, yeah, about how long it took to make. So, it, yeah, bloody hell. It's just, and that whole end section is just epic yeah. to the degree. The, the, I think, was it you, Gary, said as well, the penultimate boss fight is just... When you go super yeah, saiyan, the second, the no, the second to last boss fight, oh, not yeah. against the main. Yeah, the, I, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, the well, second yeah. to last boss fight. Is it really I think a spoiler? Is... When are you talking about the one where you start the game? Yes, yes, yeah, the same one that starts the game. The, the... it's not really. Well, people don't know. People don't know who you're fighting, so I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. but you know the you know who you know what you you know the fight's going to be in the game though because you know. Oh, yes, but it's the identity but, and everything like that. It's yeah, to me that boss fight is probably the best of any Final Fantasy I ever played. I think it's, the music helps as well, just the way it oh, kicks yeah. in. Just that drum beat of dum 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 dum. dum. It's just yeah. like it works so well, and it just makes it feel like a big deal. And it's just, it was just such an epic fight. Yeah. Like the entire fight was so epic. Was was my just, version ah. glitched. Well, that's a stupid question. Because my, my oh, fight wasn't that epic. He just kept going for Prompto. <laughs> that should sound like any fight, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not even joking. The entire fight, he was ignoring everyone but Prompto. I, I don't know. To a point, that happened with Prompto up until a certain point where another character yeah. is impaired slightly and then they tend to be picked on a lot as well. So it's like... Yeah, but for that fight, for some reason, he's like, oh, Prompto's down. I'll, I'll still wail on Prompto. Okay. Yeah, maybe just didn't like your prompto. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else you took just... one look at that <laughs> that facial fuzz and thought, "Nah, get out." <laughs> Everyone else could attack him, and you know, he's like, "Nah, it's fine." I don't. know. I found points in the game where one character got picked on more than the other with different bosses and that, and it's just weird. Oh, it... that Marlboro fight was such a pain in the ass. I was going to say which one. But... The one uh, in the water where if you don't go to the, the actual point, official, the official line one. Yeah, maybe. the one where you, if you don't go to the right spot, he will just keep healing himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was actually not that bad. I quite like that. I so. didn't know where the spot was, and so I just kept killing him over and over again until I noticed it. It's <laughs> like regroup. I'm like, okay, I use the regroup ability. Oh shit, that's not what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did uh, get like 100,000 XP from that boss because I was using XP magic. That's cool. So that power loved me a lot. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for those who 
who had a hard time following the story, if you you know when you start the game and you're training with Carbuncle, uh, for those of us who have the DLC, um, do you know that part, Ben? Uh, yeah, but you have to. I skip training, so. Okay, well, if you do the training, there is like a war too that you can go and read. Oh yeah, um, that was. I went to see that. You could go through. Yeah. I, yeah. I highly recommend going through all of it. You get so much great backstory of uh, in the game that obviously they didn't put into the game, which they should have. That explains a lot of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. So, so I didn't really have too much trouble in following the general gist of it. I just think uh, early on it was like the focus was more on the boys and their their journey and their the boys are back in town. I like, well, it's, like, like I said, there, I think there's just so much stuff they cut out, like. Half of the characters you encounter never appear again. Yeah, and like, some characters' motiv- motivation just seems a bit odd. Some, you know, some impactful moments don't have any impact because like you said you meet these characters once or twice. And it's like, oh. yeah, it's like one. It's like, no, not him. He was so important to me. Yeah, there's yeah, especially towards the end of the game, there yeah. is a, a thing, a moment where you just like, oh yeah, when that person passes away. Oh no. I remember him from all those scenes, like that well, one a few hours ago. Yeah, and of course, there's the whole nature of the, the villains or supposed villains flip flopping on whether they are good or bad. They, you know, Roman Reigns-ing it, if you will, and to the nth degree. And Doesn't it, even feel like there's any villains in the game in the end, really. Well, there was. Because, yeah, the main villain, who is just glorious, by the way, and just proper. But even him, if you read the law, he's not really. No. But at the same time, he's the closest thing to it. Yeah. And I think the way he's presented is very scenery-chewing bad guy. and it's Which brilliant. I like. Yeah. It needs, it, but, the game yeah. needs, the way it's designed, it needs the cheese. It, and he is perfect for that. Yeah. And yeah, he came out of it as probably my favourite non-playable character. Which is, yeah, saying something. But yeah, the main four boys are just such great fun to be around it's like you know they're not particularly deep characters for most of the game it's like they, the interaction between them is what makes it work i think it's just also it's a... those that say that oh it doesn't have any main female characters to be honest with the way the boys react especially prompter around women it can't it would kind of ruin it for me yeah because on the brief moments he does have interaction with women it's yeah it's like not doesn't put him in a favorable light let's put it that yeah. way it's uh, the uh when he meets Iris, or Iris, sorry, um, his mate's Gladio's sister. Yeah. It's just like, that whole conversation you know, came off different to how I felt. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you're being a bit of a dick, really. It's like, <laughs> calm down. And it's like oh, yeah. Being... I, I, I liked her. I, didn't, I hate the fact that I couldn't just be nice to her. Yeah. And it's like, I hate that's the other thing for me. It's like, just characters dropping in and out is of your... Yeah, I, want, I wanted more Iris. Uh, more Iris and more others, and just seems a bit sad that you can only have fleeting glimpses of them with you. And but at the same time, it would—I don't know—it's nice to have a, a very set gel team. And again, it's one of the strengths of Final Fantasy XV is the fact that you have this core bunch of four lads, and that's your journey, and it works that way. Even though they do their best to try and split you up repeatedly throughout the game for varying reasons. But yeah, I. I honestly loved it the more linear it got it's uh, near the end it's just like where the story started kicking in and they had these big moments and 
yeah, I, all the stuff that people seem to moan about, I didn't really have a problem. So uh, I think it, and ending wise, pretty good. I thought. I thought the ending was very good. It was yeah. very emotional ending. Yeah, I actually, very sweet, very sweet indeed. I found that. Yeah, especially you know the. Yeah, uh, I love the ending. Just the whole change to the titles thing at the end yeah. as well it was just nice. And it just. Yeah, just thing please do. don't use it as a way to make some sort of sequel. I know they don't want the guy doesn't want to do it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, there's more chance of Ueda doing the Last Guardian too at this stage. Mm. The lastest Guardian, <laughs> lastest two lasters for you. <laughs> uh, the last are a Guardian. Don't be surprised if they do a sequel. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Ah, uh, no spin-offs this time. I think. Please. Or a prequel. I think because they're doing DLC. Well, they've a lot already got like a prequel, haven't they? They've got King's Glaive. Well, there's more to it than, than King's Glaive. <laughs> well, you've also got I... the tail as well. King's, what do you call it? The, D- yeah. the 2D Brawler. That's also a prequel. Replays. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yes, that's Final Fantasy 15. Anything else anyone wants to say about it other than it's good? I am playing it. So I can't yeah. really say sorry. <laughs> Mike has uh, omitted on that front. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, that was your choice. So, Gary, choice for you. Uh, how many more do we get? Ooh, you can fit two in if you want. If you want to end it. What is your, your final two? <laughs> if I, it, I oh, never well, want to end it. No, you're not going to end it. But, yeah, you know, we could do honourable mentions at the end. So, Well, yeah, we're one hour and 50 minutes. I think we shouldn't... Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, that's what I mean. But then it's that kind of podcast where we are t- talking about. No, I'm the just year. saying the fact that you know we we do have to end it one day. Yes, at some point, <laughs> I, I would like to go and play Stardew Valley. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I would like to sleep. <laughs> um, I guess I will say uh, World of Final Fantasy. Yeah, yes. A uh, very charming game. Uh, I call it a celebration of the franchise, and I still think that's what it is. Um. Very adorable. It's like Pokemon meets Final Fantasy. You capture the monsters from the Final Fantasy world and you have them fight on your side. Um, very, very well done. Uh, uh, for all its cuteness and and adorableness, it, it does take a dark turn towards the end, yeah. uh, which I, I kind of wasn't expecting. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fun game. Very, very traditional Final Fantasy, turn-based. Uh, active time battle system, uh, definitely a big departure from 15. Um, I, I don't think they should have released in the same year, or maybe the same year, but not a month apart. I yeah, think. it was a very short gap, which does seem odd. Yeah, I think it hurt a lot of the sales of World Well, it was Final an Fantasy. indie team that made World of Five Hatsy, wasn't it? Well, their new small team. I just well, wonder, with next year being like the whole anniversary thing, why they didn't do it for that. Uh, the, yeah. If it's the rumours are true of what they've got planned for next year, it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been a good start to set. I mean, as Gary said, it's like a celebration of it. So it makes surely would have made sense to be part of that celebration in a way. I suppose delaying it for the sake of delaying it, though, would have been a bit silly. But they could have had time to polish. You know? Yeah, and it's saying a lot when this game feels more finished than 15 does. <laughs> but it, <laughs> do you think that's because it goes for a more traditional vibe, though? I think. That might be why it was a bit easier. Maybe, and obviously the cutesy characters don't really require that much animation and polygons, probably. Um, 
and obviously it's not a whole huge open world, but no, uh, it's a great game. If you if you're into those kind of games, like capturing monsters, uh, leveling them up, um, transforming them into even more badass monsters, like I just got Odin on my team uh, before Final Fantasy came out, and it was fantastic. Uh, it took a long time for me to level up my horsey to transform it into Odin, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's fun, you know. Uh, I think it's great for kids too because it's not very difficult. Um, there's a lot of odd options that you can change. You can do active time battle. You can do a weight battle. Um, change it however you want. Very a lot of options of how you want to play that game. So definitely uh, a must get in my opinion if you're a fan of Final Fantasy games. Sweet. And another choice. My last choice, I would have to say Mafia 3. Um, da, da, da. Yes, to the point of contention. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a game of the year by any means, but there's a lot of things that it does that, yeah. that I think are very good. Um, I think the way it tells the story is one of the best I've ever seen in a video game. It does it in like a documentary style. Yeah. where like characters are being interviewed about what happened during this time period and about the main character, Link and Clay, who are close to him. Um, you see some awesome archival footage that's like CG'd for the game, but it looks like it's archival footage um, of like court, court hearings and stuff like that. Incredibly well done. And the best part is like they talk about it, but then they change focus and allow you to play what these guys just talked about. So you hear this amazing thing that happened, and like, oh, I wish I could do that, and then all of a sudden you get to actually play that out. And it's amazing how, how they did it. Um, soundtrack is, in my opinion, awesome, simply because for some of us oldies guys, we love the music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, it, I think it was a great revolutionary time in music for that uh, for that era. You know, you, the Vietnam era, um, you got... And like Jimi Hendrix is there, Eric Clapton. They have so many amazing, amazing things going on with the soundtrack. They have a lot of songs. I think it's like 153 songs from that time period. Um, crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very violent. I would compare it to uh, the Punisher on the PS2. Uh, for those who remember that game, super brutal. They had a black and white a lot of the kill scenes because it was too violent for that time period. Or for the time, I guess, on the PS2. Yeah, which is funny, because that's what I think I said before the game came out, that it did look very much like The Punisher as a game, you know, in terms of what you were doing and people. And it's like, so yeah, it's, it's cool that it sort of followed through on that. Sort of with the yeah, and, and I, I give all the credit to Hangar 13, because unlike um, Crystal Dynamics, they didn't sugarcoat the time period in any way. Um, it's a very racist game. There's a lot of racism in it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, discrimination. Um, and they don't hold any punches back, which I think is great because I think people need to know how bad it was back then um, for for these people. Uh, like, you go into a convenience store, right? Because you can go into a whole bunch of shops to find collectibles. And you go in there and they're, like people will be like, hey, no colored people allowed. And they're trying to force you out. Um, could they call the cops on you? Uh, it's just, it's really crazy stuff how they did it. Um, how the Vietnam vets were treated 
when they came back, it's it's all really messed up stuff. But I think they nailed it perfectly, and I give them all the credit for not being too afraid to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is a fun game. Uh, it, it does have problems with the shooting. Um, I don't think it's the it's the best mechanics. Uh, sometimes it feels too stiff. Other times it feels way too smooth. There isn't really a good balance between it. Um, cover system could use some work, but the driving is fun. I have no problem with the driving in that game. But yeah, uh, it, it is a fun game. If you enjoy Mafia 2, I, I think you'll really enjoy Mafia 3 for sure. does a lot of cool stuff, especially like when you take territories from um, uh, other mobs, uh, you can give them out to your lieutenants. And the cool thing is that depending on who you give it to, if you give too much to one lieutenant, the other ones are going to start getting pissed off and they can betray you towards the end of the game and go against you, which is really cool. But each one gives you different um, upgrades and skills that you can get. Yeah. Uh, you can buy certain different weapons. You can get uh, better cars. You can get uh, special perks like uh, if you give the Irish or one of your lieutenants is, is this old Irish guy, if you give him a lot more stuff, he'll be able to call off the police squad that's on your on your tail because he has an inside man. Um, or you can have, uh, if you have Vito, who is from Mafia 2, he appears in the game. Uh, you can have him, if you give him a lot of property and a lot of areas to control, he'll be able to send uh, a hit squad to come help you out. Uh, so if you're in a bind, you can call him up and like four dudes will show up with Tommy guns and shotguns and just go to town on people. Um, a, a lot of cool stuff they did. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Mafia 3, I think, deserves deserves more credit than it got. A nod, a nod. Yes. Cool. Um, any honourable mentions, without going too descriptive? Uh, I, I think The Division deserves an honourable mention. Um, I think it was a good game when it came out. Uh, um, I know Ben and I had a lot of fun in the co-op with it. Um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but it did it did get to the point uh, where it was it, players got on such a high level that it was just no fun anymore because you literally didn't do any damage to them, but they just massacre you in like two, two, three shots. Um, and I know that was a problem coming all the way into October um, where they had that issue. They lost a lot of player base, a lot of fans. Um, and it's sad that it went that way because it had such a great foundation and that foundation crumbled because they didn't figure out how to get the the I guess the dark zone and the PvP areas to work properly. Mm. It went more from you can play co-op with your friends and have fun doing these missions against the AI, uh, and the end game became more PvP focused rather than focusing on what made the game fun to begin with. Like the raids, they weren't that impressive. The raids weren't even raids, they were a horde. It yeah. was a horde mode. You fought until you killed all the waves. It was terrible. Yeah. So, That's true. Yeah. Um, anyone else have any honorable mentions they want to shout out? Before I move on to my last one. Um, no, I think I've pretty much uh, given enough shit. Pretty much said everything, actually. Like I said, the only other ones were games that came out last year <laughs> and ben no I'm, i think i'm done for mine as well cool cool that leaves me to reel off a list <laughs> it's uh 
I'll have to mention XCOM 2 because it's in that rotation with Titanfall and Hitman. And yeah, XCOM 2 is just... I love XCOM. Turn-based strategy isn't only my thing. It does it really well by making you care about your soldiers and by seeing them get better and better mission after mission. No need to see them torn to shreds and losing them forever because you were a bit too careless later on. It's just cracking. And a game that... uh, puts up enough challenge that it took me a long time to finish you know just i don't mind that with that game more than any you know in most games it does annoy me after a while if i can't actually make any proper progress and it's like there it's like i don't mind the failure the failure is part of the fun with that because it's like the fact that you could do really well for most of the game and then get slaughtered at the end because you made one mistake it's just it, it keeps you on your guard nicely it's uh Beyond that, I'll give little shout-outs. Pez, obviously, I always... If a good Pez is out any year, it's always going to be around my top ten. So, can't dismiss it. Football at its best, as ever. And uh, indie-wise, there was uh, a trio of great games we didn't mention, other than Stardew Valley. Uh, Virginia, which just... twin, twin Very Twin Peaks-esque X-Files, if you will. But great in that it tells a story without any words and and directs itself very film-like in terms of scene transition and it just stuck stuck with me greatly through this year and the soundtrack for it is done by the Czech Philharmonic Art Orchestra and it's just mm, one of the best soundtracks of the year without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Inside, which is uh, Play Dead's follow-up to Limbo, just I, again, I didn't think I'd much care for it because Limbo, I could give or take on that one. But yeah, it's just the atmosphere is just very envelop, enveloping, if you will. It's very suffocating as the atmosphere goes. It just has this very, you know, dystopian feel to it. And it's just, it goes, falls out weird at the end. And just wouldn't have, if, if you'd asked me at the start to guess the ending, never, never in a million years would I have guessed the ending. Not because it's like some great twist necessarily, but just because it gets so absurd that you're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, well, uh, Last Guardian I'm still playing, but I do think it's going to be up in the running, I think, as time goes on. Just like there's something about it that, again, a, a game that for all its problems, just it still has that T Micro thing of being really having a heart to it that most games black, I think no matter how polished they are. Um, Oxen Free, sorry, I meant, forgot to mention the third indie game. Again, very weird cult sort of indie game. But again, great writing, and the dialogue is very natural and back, back and forth between teenagers. It just it feels normal. And, I like, and it's a very strange little ghost story thing to it. And yeah, good game, very good game. Street Fighter Five. you know, for all its problems early on, it's still... Bloody good fighter. Uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided was very good as well. Yes, not about that. Yes, you know, it sort of sits just below a few things, I think, and that's the problem with it. And again, more of the same but better. But what a game world they built there. Just stuff in it was just, it had so much depth and detail that I think it got appreciated, you know, by a lot of reviewers. I think. That's a shame because it does well. I think the fact that it's a bit abrupt in the way it ends probably didn't help it in a lot of ways. And the fact that you could tell it's been 
slice slightly for a, a sequel. Um, Watch Dogs 2 was good as well, actually, thinking about it. I mean, I think I only get 7.5, but that's more for its problems that could be fixed and have been fixed. I think it's another one of the big surprises of the year because I didn't give two shits about that either. The, uh, the original game was eh, all right at best. But yeah, I, again, Ben will probably testify co-op is a laugh. And... Oh yeah, it's amazing. Especially when you try and break the game with your friend. <laughs> but again, dialogue, characters. It's, it's been a quite good hit rate with nice, believable characters and yeah. that are likeable. You know, characters you don't want to fucking kick in the face the minute you meet them you know, like, for the wrong reasons, not because they're supposed to be hated. So yeah, I, f- I found that really good about Watch Dogs 2. Yeah. Probably would have gone that little bit higher with it had it all worked at launch. Uh, what else? Uh, quick mention, Layers of Fear, very good horror first person. Just had you know, horror about you know, changing perspectives and stuff. Uh, Bound was good. Steinscape Zero was good if you like Steinscape and you know, visual novel stuff. Yeah, I think that covered my list of lists. I'm sure there were plenty of other games people liked. Um, you'll note Dishonored 2 wasn't here, but I don't think anyone's played that here. No, sadly not. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's it. And Battlefield, I suppose. Mike, you could have said Battlefield. Oh, God. <laughs> I just realised that. Yeah, Battlefield, yeah. Um Oh, well, I'll quickly talk about it if that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Battlefield. Yeah, I really enjoyed Battlefield. Um, I haven't, I haven't had much experience with the um, series to be honest. I've only played Battlefield Four before it, which is kind of like a run of the mill sort of shooter. But this, I thought this one was great. Um, obviously World War One set and and everything that appeals to me because I'm a fan of like World War One and World War Two. I've always been saying, and you guys remember may remember me saying they should make a first person shooter set in World War One because it would be great, and that's what they did. And it, I thought it was brilliant. They had, I thought the the single player portion was actually really well done. The um, the characters are probably some of the most well rounded characters they've had in a first person shooter game like that for a long time. Actually, yeah. certainly better than the last few Call of Duties, and probably Battlefield for that matter. Um, the setting itself is great. It's gritty. It's not too it's it's not too glamorized and stuff in a Hollywood way. I think they did a good job at honoring, you know, because when you actually die in the game, there's a, a name, a name comes up of someone who actually died in the first world war. So I thought that was actually quite a very, um, very a, kind of a, a suitable way to sort of pay tribute to that. And the, obviously the people who died in the war and everything, because it obviously, you know, millions and millions of people died in that war. So um, I think they handled that really well. And the mechanically, I think the game was solid, gritty, solid shooter man i mean the um it's i like the fact that you went between different kind of like gameplay styles you had your you know you you had you know you're on foot missions as well but you could also go into a tank apc plane and all that kind of stuff and they were really well done it's obviously more of a it's not simulator style obviously like the planes and stuff like that but it's it's easy you know it's easy to control um, I think they got the balance just right, actually. It's still challenging, but it's not like it's not really, really difficult. You don't have to worry about adjusting your flaps and all this kind of stuff that you do with like flight simulator games and stuff. I thought it was just, um, but it still felt it's it still presented a challenge without feeling too overly arcadey. So I thought they did that really well. And they, I think they just got the, the overall balance of everything really, really right. It's a gorgeous looking game, apart from that. There's um, plenty of, there's obviously you've got collectible 
levels and stuff as well. So there's a chance to explore. It's not uh, the areas are quite you know they're quite big as well, which is cool and which lends itself well to like the um, the whole kind of like cover based shooting and stuff and everything, which is good because there's a lot of um, you know they push you back and everything. There's a lot of advantages you can take if you go and hide out in places rather than standing like. Uh, you know, just sticking in one place. There's plenty more like you can fight in houses and stuff like that, which is how obviously these the, these battles played out. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about it and everything, rather than just standing in one one place and getting rid of everyone, which sometimes you do in in other games. So it's a lot. There's, there's plenty of exploration and opportunity to kind of experiment with different play styles, which I found really rewarding. And it's just, um, yeah, I thought it was just done really, really well. I thought it was a great. I think it's a great um, stepping stone for not only battle, but for first-person shooters in general, I think that would be the kind of the bar to meet, I reckon, uh, for, like, Call of Duty and battle, and obviously Battlefield in general. I think it was really well done in that respect. The multiplayer, um, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I don't have any experience with multiplayer in first-person shooters, really, apart from Destiny. Um, I thought I thought it was really well done. The maps are great. They are really, really good. They're massive maps, they are. There's teamwork. Obviously, it's all about teamwork and stuff. There's so much put into that game, the fact that you can customise your loadouts and stuff you can earn medals and stuff to get the experience and everything there's so much you know you can just put hours and hours into that thing and the the whole you know working together with your squad is kind of like it's obviously instrumental in um over you know in beating the enemy and stuff and it's just the way that works it plays in with all the gameplay mechanics and everything whether it's in the air or land or whatever it just works so damn well everything about it is really really polished and everything i can't really I can't really fault it to be honest. I think it's a. Re- I just think it's a great game. I, I'm probably getting. I probably get into more detail, but I'm getting tired now, so I can't really yeah. form any more complex. I, kind I think, of, um, in short, it's been a good year for shooters. And yeah, probably yeah. pushed Call of Duty to the back of the pile by a good distance this year. Yeah, definitely. Now, Battlefield One is the one to beat for me. Definitely, yeah. that, that was quality, man. That was really, really good. Oh, and the voice acting was bloody awesome as well. Really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay, we'll wrap that up there. I'm sure we'll smack our foreheads and go oh, but we forgot something later but uh for now like that's a good spread of games uh, of different types and fair to say i think square enix won the day this year because uh i think about five or six games from the ones we mentioned were theirs and uh yeah it's interesting to see and shooters uh definitely back on the horizon with the likes of doom battlefield and uh titanfall so it's it's actually been a very good year for games i think in general it's uh for all the stuff outside of the actual games themselves, maybe that isn't so good. It's uh, great to see that we've got such variety from you know, of excellence from the smaller studios all the way up to the big ones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, you know, big companies for big franchises actually doing good things with them, as we just said with Battlefield there, for instance. And yeah, I mean, apart from the slight snafu of the Titanfall and Battlefield releasing so close together, which was a bit silly but uh, other than that can't be faulted excellent so that ends our year it's been great fun um i'm sure you you might tell us what those were in the old games of the year but uh we will be back next year with probably not to talk about much straight away apart from how much we're looking forward to playing resident evil (laughs) (laughs) for a few weeks (laughs) and then talking about resident evil yeah i'm gonna be 
but I'm not reviewing Resident Evil Seven. I should point that out. I'm not. No, no, I, I'm also not. But, uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm going to be taking my time with that game. I mean, I'm not. That's not to say I would be rushing the game to review because presumably I'd get it earlier anyway, so it, there wouldn't be a need to. But you know, I just I want to. I just want to have the game there, even if. I, I don't play it straight away because there's quite a lot of damn games I'm going to need to get through, and especially with Christmas. I mean, my mates bought me, it looks like my mates bought me free games alone, so God knows what <laughs> I have to get through. So yeah, Resident Evil 7 is something I'm going to be taking my time with, definitely, and not maybe not even playing straight away because of other things, but yeah, I'm, I, but yeah, yeah, I will definitely be talking about that game. Hopefully with you, Neil, hopefully it'll be oh, good yeah. to have a resi, you know, a, a sort of a resi seven focus podcast for that. Indeed. indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll go back to doing specials next year as well and uh, getting franchise yeah. specials and stuff. Cause we, we lost that a bit this year, which we did some good ones uh, last year with resident evil and uh, metal gear. And that would be for the other franchises. We could do that with as well. So and other things. So yeah, that's cool. Um, it's been nice to be your host again, guys. And as ever, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, everyone will now say their customary goodbyes and shout outs if they wish. Um, Michael, starting with you. Yeah, actually, I've got a specific one I've been meaning to do. I want to give a shout out to, um, I can't say because it's embargoed, actually, I can't say what I was playing or where, but I met some really cool guys recently. I want to give a shout out to, um, uh, Christian and his girlfriend Emma, who are really, really cool. I met them at this recent event. Really, really cool guys. Had a really good chat with them about Resident Evil and gaming in general. Honestly, really nice. Or a bunch of really nice people. Went back with them on the train and everything. So they're, it's actually, they're a, a boyfriend girlfriend duo who are both games journalists, which I thought was friggin' awesome, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> but that was fantastic. Yeah, really, really cool guys. And last but not least, um, Sam uh, Bishop. God, I hope I got his name right there. <laughs> um, he's I met him twice um, now. Uh, really, really cool guy. He's the one who I mentioned previously. who played that four-hour demo of Resident Evil Seven. Uh, he's a really cool guy. You see, um, I have you know we see eye to eye on a lot of games and stuff. And he was quite impressed with Resident Evil Seven. So it was interesting to hear his thoughts on that. Anyway, just nice bloke in general. And I promise I would give a shout out to those guys because they may. Or may not be listening, but if they if you are listening, guys, happy Christmas and have a great new year as well. And hopefully see you guys again soon. And also to all the listeners and the rest of our staff and everything past and present. Indeed. Um Gary, what about you? Uh just to our listeners and our fans, uh to all of you guys on the site, thanks for uh everything, actually. Um Merry Christmas to you, all of you. Uh, happy New Year. Yeah. Hopefully next year will be an amazing year for everybody. Yeah, can we top it? At least in gaming terms, anyway. <laughs> I, I yeah. think in general life we can top 2016, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> in general, I, I pray we top 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gates of hell will open, literally. Yeah, and, and hopefully cancer doesn't kill anybody else we actually give a shit about. God. Too many people died of cancer this year. Too many decent so many people, people, I think, is more the point. And celebrity-wise. Yes. Yes. Awesome, amazing people, hopefully. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All good. Um, ben? A shout-out to everyone who has listened to us over the year. Thank you for listening. Shout-out to Phoenix Down Radio. Shout-out to Klaus. Shout-out to everyone that's just been here to support us. Thank you for supporting us through the year. And we'll see you next year, hopefully. Yeah. I can only echo such sentiments uh, because... Anything I say would just be repeating it. Um, yes, so we will see you for episode 149 in 2017. 
and then it'll be 150. Oh, that's big numbers again. I um, don't know what we'll do for that. Uh, 150. We've got to do something. I'm sure we'll do something. Hey, you know. Some guests you... would be nice. It'd be good to see Rob and Don or someone. Yes. Or even even outside of that, maybe. Yeah. Anyone listening is a podcast yeah. worthy. I say podcast worthy like, we, like we're some sort of professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Not some guys talking on Skype on a Sunday night. <laughs> don't tell them. It's all right. It's all right. If it's good enough for Jim Sterling, it's good enough for the gander. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh... So, yes. So it's been a great year for podcasting. It's been fun to progress from being a man on the show to being a host on the show. It's been quite the something. And I've enjoyed all the games I've had to review this year. Well, I, I say enjoyed doing the reviews rather than playing them necessarily in some cases. But uh, And I will close out by saying that uh, Umbrella Court is probably the worst game of the year. <laughs> yeah, but Resi could yet be the best game of next year. Yes. So, with that, I leave you and bid you adieu. Everybody say goodbye and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and goodbye. <laughs>